Hello, listening people. Hello. You're listening to Spin Posh Presents Unappreciated Masterpieces. I am one of the hosts, Ryan Swinski. And I am the other host, Bartek. That's right, the other host, Bartek. I think I put emphasis on the V. No, no other is what I'm putting emphasis on. You're inhuman, is what I'm saying. You love the other. Exactly. And we are spent Polish, likely because we're always spitting. And we both happen to be of Polish heritage. Yes, and the Polish are white, so they're not other. Not all Polish people are white, I imagine. Hashtag not all. Exactly. There might be there might be, you know, an Asian one. Just one. <laughs> you know, you don't wanna don't wanna whitewash all of Poland. That is true. But actually no, when I when I when I Googled when I YouTubed Black Man Poland, it was an American guy studying in Poland. There so. you go. He's gonna be Polish. Oh. So we're doing our show Unappreciated Masterpieces, the show in which we provide feature length audio commentary tracks for the movies that society has deemed unworthy of a commentary track. The movies that the world has said, Hey, that's not very good, that doesn't have any artistic merit or expression, and we defy the rules of the universe and defend these movies yeah, we talk tell about them, them we tell them oh if if this movie specifically is not worthy then i have a question why are you why do you know about it do you have some agenda yeah huh? are you a cia if you really <laughs> haven't heard of it and you think it's not worthy you wouldn't know about it and that was one question <laughs> from Bartek. just one all of those that was just one yeah wait till he asks you multiple questions <laughs> it's gonna be like hours long so you amazing people out there have you know been misled by the universe you know they've said the universe god maybe devil i don't know cat williams cat williams you know <laughs> cat williams yes of course uh you know have been misled about the movies and we are doing one of those movies that society the world has dictated to you but not to us these movies aren't good maybe some of you are brave enough and eyes open enough to see that hey big fat liar isn't a terrible movie hey thunderpants isn't terrible you are the real heroes not yes. those critics out there you, you are not big fat liar pants on thunderpants fire so bartek what's the feature Nailed film it. we're covering today like jesus <laughs> uh the film that we are covering today is the 2015 cr- cl- classic Classic. Rock. Jurassic. <laughs> Jurassic. No, 2015's not Jurassic. It's computer age, or whatever the age is now. Oh. That, I'm talking BC. <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah. Before Christmas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we are covering the film Rock the Casper. <laughs> really? It's not in Polish? <laughs> There's no Polish title. Not even for the word rock? No. Is rock just rock in Polish? Um... The, the physical object is coming. But the um, musical variety? Th- or to rock someone to sleep? I'm... Well, to sleep it will be something else. But but the musical variety, I'm actually not sure. Maybe it is just rock. Ooh la la. We're doing... Uh, as you could tell, he was doing a Polish accent there. Rock I, I understand Polish accents, for I am Polish. Mm. Don't understand language. It's really difficult. But we're doing Rock the Casbah from... Was it 2015? Yeah. Whoa, that's when we started this show. It is. Why didn't we do our first episode on this movie, is the question. I mean, Big Fat Liar was the one that we Yeah, well, so well that, that okay, that answers it, itself. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you people at home have to have a copy of the 2015 Rock the Casbah. Casbah spelt with a K, not a C, not like as the in song, the song yeah. that they couldn't get the license to. 
in this for a this lot, a lot of length the, movie named after the song. A lot of the YouTube comments were talking about, you know, oh, the, the at least the song surely plays somewhere in the film. Nope. Fuck you. So get your copy because I'm going to do a countdown from three down to one. I'm going to say play. You press play, and we lined up as we speak about the Bill Murray cinematic classic, Rock the Casbah. So get ready because I'm going to start this in three, two, one, play. So Bartek. Let's get into the nitty-gritty of Rock the Casbah. Yeah, well, we open on, I think it's Earth. No, it's a universe. Oh. <laughs> and there's a planet that's mystically on fire. I think that's Jupiter? Could be. Oh, I don't you know. You know. South America in the middle there is kind of See, not on fire. Oh, well, there you go. In, on Jupiter, South America, yeah. But, like, yeah. oh, an open road title sequence? Mm, yum. So, Bartek, let's get into nitty-gritty. What's our history with this movie? What is it? Um. So, this is a film that I picked for the show. and you know, Bless. Bless me. I was going to congratulate me, but bless is a lot better. Um. Yes, this is a film that uh, we've... I've met, we've mentioned this multiple times in some episodes. Uh, it was first heard of when one of us, which was me in this case, watched a Midnight Screenings episode on uh, on the film. Midnight Screenings is a, a show by Stone Gremlin Productions on YouTube where they talk about films fresh out of just seeing them. And uh, used to. They used to, no yes. Um, I'm, I've fallen very far behind in the past couple of years, so... Ten months prior to this recording, I listened to that episode, uh, you know, 2018 for a 2015 episode, and it it sold me on the film, and I was very, very pumped to do it on the podcast at some point. We, and, you yeah. know, it took us ten months to get around to it, and here we are. Yeah, it's been on the list for a while. I had heard of this movie before you suggested it. I yeah, had I heard of the yeah. legacy of it. Like, I remember when it was coming out, and... It was a movie with like a new Bill Murray movie. You know, we don't get a lot of those these days where he's the lead. We get a lot of him being in the ensemble of a movie or a voice, but not so much a leading role these days. And yeah, he's, uh, more, he's more gone, like the comedically guest. inflected uh, leading role as well as a little bit more rare. He's been more into dramas or dramedies, but this seemed to, from my understanding of it, to be more of a outright comedy movie in which he goes to the Middle East as a washed up rock and roll producer and that's all I knew. Mm. I didn't know any of the story. I just knew oh, I was Bill Murray being funny in the desert and I mean I mean that is what happens. He's funny in the desert, but there's a lot more nuances and layers to it, you know? Like the Middle East is a very, you know, interesting place. The Afghanistan especially is a very interesting location to to film in but also to set a story in especially when mm. it's a, an american story at the end of the day you yeah. know this is a story about an american and uh you know a white american as well so it's very interesting what they do with this i had heard you talk for months on end about this movie and how brad the cinema snob from Midnight Screenings really enjoyed it, and I was like, hmm, okay, okay. And I purposely didn't watch his review of this before, you know, I watched it after. Mm -hmm. And he is the only other person I know that is, like, an unappreciated champion person. Like, he just championed this movie, because this movie, for a bit of context, is... A movie that it was the worst reviewed movie of the week it came out, and that was a week where stuff like uh, 
gem and the holograms and the last witch hunter and a few other paranormal activity ghost dimension and stuff like that came out it was a really bad week for movies in america and this was the most contemptuous one yeah. yeah so it was kind of like uh there's a bit of context for that so it was interesting to go in not knowing that information for myself. Like, I, I didn't know how negatively it was received. I just knew it wasn't uh, critically acclaimed on the highest end. So not knowing anything about really what the plot was going to be other than I just knew the setup. Bill Murray, washed up rock agent, goes to Afghanistan. Yep. And, and one of the things, because I watched that, that review 10 months ago, and he went into a lot of detail about the film, so one of the good things about waiting so long is that a lot of the details had left my mind. Like sand. Like sand, and yes, and Washing a lot of off. yes, and a lot of the a lot of the jokes in the film, a lot of the plot points. I knew that definitely waiting for a while before getting to it would be beneficial for me. And there were a couple of things that I remembered from the review that he mentioned, and I could definitely see why he enjoyed it. Yes, exactly. So you did, in one version of the past, know the plot of this movie before going in. So you probably had a little bit more of an understanding of what the beats were going to be in comparison to me. Like you just said, like you saw the review 10 months ago. He does go into details. So when you were watching this movie, you would have probably gone through the, oh, I remember that from the review. I remember this beat. Yeah, like here he's... he's backhandedly <laughs> complimenting complimenting her by saying your your singing is awful just like these very popular people therefore you're poison <laughs> yeah. um you're an irritant yeah and i remember little details like oh he's going to wake up in bed you know with makeup on and he gets uh, a room that's high up or something like that he does get those things yeah. those are things that do it uh, happen in this feature length film so, Bartek... I forgot that it was based on a true story, though. Well, it partly inspired, at least. Yeah, so, partly inspired. So, Bartek, we have had our show go for quite some time now. Yes. And there are some things that you jog my memory on and I jog your memory on. Can you jog my memory on? Have we had Bill Murray in a film that we've done on this show? I don't think we've had him on in a film um, we've only had with Bill Murray that one incident in the tuxedo where we read the IMDb trivia and it claimed that he was in, like, the penultimate scene or, or the or last scene. Oh, we've fact. also had his brothers on in movies before, like, Nothing But Trouble. Brian Doyle Murray was, like, the chief of police. Mm. And we've had him on once or twice. So we've had okay. Murray brothers, but not the Murray himself of the bill variety yeah i don't think the closest so. we had was yes the jackie chan movie the tuxedos trivia section said that he has a cameo role in this very specific scene and who was the actor who's actually in that scene if, if they were talking about colin mockery <laughs> who looks somewhat like bill murray yeah if you put bill murray in like a a topsy-turvy world it's yeah the closest that we can come up with because in that scene there were like four characters and the only old man character was yeah Colin the only Mockery. male character because he was working in like a fashion store and all of the well, customers ja were women well jackie chan was there too but yeah I... but he wasn't he's the main actor yeah. so uh, but we don't have really we have never had bill murray properly on the show that i can conjure up maybe yeah i can't think one, of one. point but i can't conjure unless it, up. it was like a cameo or something so yeah. are you uh, a fan of bill murray and his style He's he's definitely one that I'm familiar with, but I'm not sure if I've seen too many of his films. Like when I watched this film, 
I was like, yeah, this is this is Bill Murray doing Bill Murray. But, oh, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I guess I wouldn't jump and say, like, oh, yeah, Bill Murray fan, huge, huge Bill Murray fan. So what ones of Bill Murray's things do you, do you, do you think you've seen? I've definitely seen Garfield. I've seen the tuxedo. <laughs> the tuxedo doesn't count. Um, you mean Garfield, the movie where he thought the Coen brothers were writing it, but it was just another guy <laughs> called Cohen and he <laughs> signed on? Um... Oh, uh, Ghostbusters? Does Zombieland count? Yes, yeah, he plays yeah. himself in that. Mm. He's apparently in the sequel. Didn't he die in the first one? Yeah, exactly. Oh, so is he zombie Bill Murray? Well, isn't that how it works? I guess. Yeah. I didn't know if... In, I, I, I'm not a big fan of Zombieland, so Me I don't neither. remember the... It's no Shaun of the Dead, which I know you haven't seen, <laughs> but it really isn't. Like, it pales so much. So... You've seen more modern Bill Murray. You haven't seen Heyday Bill Murray. You haven't seen stuff like Caddyshack or Ghostbusters or Meatballs or Stripes or any or, or stuff like that. Unless I'm forgetting something, but yeah, that I guess that sounds more like it. Man, you're, you're truly missing out on the cinematic wonder that is Bill Murray. He's he's golden. Um, as someone who isn't as familiar with Bill Murray's work, Bartek. How do you feel about the world we live in in which Bill Murray is worshipped like a demigod? Where he is like this philosophical statement now? Where he just turns up to people's parties and makes them alcohol? I've heard that. I I don't know how true it is, though. Oh, it's all very true. Like, he just turned up to someone's wedding and just did the ceremony for them one time. Or he just turns up to house parties and gives advice and then leaves. I guess it's it's definitely interesting. Like, who else does that, right? <laughs> Keanu Reeves, probably. Keanu Reeves. No, he, he well, he was at E3, I guess. So. Yeah. I think he's turned up to people's weddings before. Keanu Reeves, he's just rocked up. And he's like, hey, guys, isn't he? No, no, he feels like a more RSVP type person. Like he, Keanu he and Bill Murray are very similar, but they're on opposite ends of the spectrum. You know what I mean? Like, mm. like, 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 Bill Murray's the more, like, dark, edgy and Keanu Reeves is like the more pure light, but they're yeah. both on the uh on the same spectrum of living gods in our mm. society, you know, of of celebrities that when you see a picture of Bill Murray on someone's t-shirt, it's almost like uh, an image of 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 holy figure, you know, like 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 Bill Murray's transcended to this point of not just being that comedian or actor Bill Murray, but he is Bill. Murray, yeah, like guess... Keanu Reeves, is Keanu Reeves at this point, you know, where we all have this cultural understanding and appreciation of them, even if we're not as familiar with their works. It's like Nicolas Cage is trying to reach that level, I guess. Oh, he's reached there, that yeah. so many times and then <laughs> gone back down again, but then, you know, up again. So I'm a huge fan of Bill Murray for the most part. I like me more comedic Bill Murray. Like there is a lot of good dramatic Bill Murray stuff like Lost in Translation is a classic and, um, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, he's done good stuff in more recent years. Like, I like when he collaborates with Wes Anderson on projects like uh, the, was it Life Aquatic of Steve? I can't remember. But, like, you know, it's stuff like that or when he does voices. He's a good voice actor. Like, I actually really enjoyed him as Baloo in the most recent Jungle Book. And, you know, I enjoy seeing him in a movie like this, in which he's blending that perfect balance of his comedic styles, that wacky style of something like Caddyshack, 
with that more down-to-earth, hangdog expression of something like Lost in Translation or Broken Flowers, where he's combining those the manic energy and the depressive energy that we all love him for into one perfect role, which is this role. And, you know, Bill Murray's a guy, you look at his face and it tells a thousand stories, you know, he's got so many lines and expressions or lack of expressions you know bill murray's the kind of guy where he if he's stoned face you, you get so much out of that you know even when he's wearing sunglasses i feel like i get a lot out of him yeah exactly i really love this sequence here in which you know bill murray's talking to his his daughter who you know he's separated from the wife and he has to talk to her at her bedroom window and it's like they've got this routine down mm. you know and it's just like all right off i go i'm going to go to afghanistan bye yeah, and, and the wife doesn't know, the mum doesn't know, and it's just really a nice little, like, nice little way of the movie to tell us more about this character, but also his relationships with other people, and how they're distant and always kind of blocked by something, mm. usually of his own design. He's a very self-aggrandizing, but also self-destructive character, which is really a Bill Murray kind of character to do. You know, that's just, that's what he does. Um, Bartek, we have some returning hitters for this episode. We have people that we've had as movie stars in other movies that we've covered. Um, name some of them and what they've been in that we've done on the show. And are you happy to see him back? I'm definitely happy to see him back. Yeah, we've got Bruce Willis. Uh, he was in Cop Out. Yeah. We did that not too long ago. Was there anything else that he's been in that we've done? No, I don't think we've had Bruce very often, yeah. if ever. We've had that. we've had Danny McBride two or three times prior. Yeah, to this. Land of the Lost, Land of the Lost, Your Highness, and I think there was something else. Yeah, yeah. Um, Kate uh, Zoe Deschanel. Zoe. Yes, we definitely had her in Mice. No, not My Super Ex Girlfriend. Uh, Failure to Launch. And and there was something else. You just listed it. Think Danny McBride. She was the romantic lead. She was the romantic lead in Your Highness. Oh, that's right, she was, yes. And you did not remember because she didn't have bangs in that movie. You cannot recognise Zoe Deschanel if she doesn't have a fringe. Wasn't it a... Was it that film that she didn't have bangs in? She didn't have bangs in it. Oh, I thought it was... um... She was done as a princess, so she had her hair up, and she also had massive titties for some reason. We're all very confused in that episode about like what was going on there. So, yeah, Zoe Deschanel was in Your Highness as well. Yes. And, and Kate Hudson, who, what was she in again? She was a bride. Bride in... Bride uh, Wars. Yes, the Wars of the Brides. One of our best episodes, might I add. Yes. So, we've had her on. And, you know, all these people are well-known actors and actresses who are all seasoned veterans in their own right. Like, Zoe Deschanel is known for most people as New Girl in the TV show New Girl. Like, she's the main lead in that. But she's she's done a lot of movies, like Failure to Launch and Hitchhiker's Guide and Elf. Let's not forget, she's the romantic lead in Elf. Mm, that's right, yeah. She's blonde in that. That's why you also kind of forget, because you're used to her being what she is here, like this dour, pale brunette mm. with those big blue eyes and a fringe. I wasn't, but in I wasn't... Elf, she's like perky and blonde and still cynical and snarky. But I yeah. haven't seen Elf since way before I knew who she was so that also plays into well, it. Well dude, there's a, it, there's a great busy, review yeah. for Zathura that's actually about Elf. <laughs> dude, that, that was a long time it ago. It was just a review we did on Zathura and it was just like a guy being like, 
he did the Elf movie, and that Elf movie got John Favreau Iron Man because Elf movie is the best Elf movie there is. It was just like Elf <laughs> movie was right. every third word. That was a hundred and forty episodes ago, Ryan. Can yum, you believe it? <laughs> yum yum. So you know we've got a lot of people going on in this movie, and it's great to see some familiar faces again. But also for me, you know, as a Westerner, some unfamiliar faces like a lot of the people who are playing you know, the locals, the Afghan understand people mm-hmm. a lot of these actors i haven't seen before so it was really refreshing to see some interesting new talent for from my yeah. perspective maybe these people have gone on to do stuff or they're very well known if they are foreign actors you know i don't want to assume necessarily that they're all afghanistani actors maybe they're afghan americans or whatever but mm. like you know i think they all did a very good job the cab driver friend uh, rizza yeah. <laughs> he he was very good i really enjoyed his energy and his kind of uh, balance of that comedic edge but also that kind of softness that isn't that comedic softness and like you know how you see sometimes in movies there's like the overly soft character who's overly sweet and it's like it's the joke yeah I think Rizza as a character does a great job, the actor especially, of blending him being a comedic character, but also the, the sensible character. You know, I think it does a great job. Now, Zoe Deschanel is only in this movie for a short period of time. and yeah, I, Roughly 20-ish minutes of the film? I don't know, sure, yeah. why not? Uh, you know, and I, I missed her presence once she was gone. But, you know, here she is, her hair's blowing up very angelically. Yeah, it's almost a, it's sort of like a buddy movie at the beginning, I guess. Oh, yeah, 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 exactly. You know, a part of you was like, oh my God, is he going to get with her? Mm. But in the end, he gets with Kate Hudson, who's the most successful prostitute in all of Afghanistan, which is, you know, that's the thing about this movie, Bartek. It's a farce. Like through yeah, and through, it's like, like Borat. It's like Borat, but not my as my sister. She's number one prostitute. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That aspect. Yeah. I mean, not the whole movie, but like the movie is a farce. You know, you got Bill Murray just being affable as always mm-hmm. in the most deadly of situations, and 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 hijinks ensues. Yes. Like this classic scene here, in which there's an explosion, and he's like, ah, oh, they're probably exploding goats for a festival or something. You know, it's what, it's what they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I think he was told the goats bit, but he added the festival bit, so it, like, added on to the humour. That's Bill Murray, man. You know, he just yeah. adds to the humour of the situation. Now, could you delve us into a little bit more of what goes on in this movie, Bartek? Yeah, so it's one of those films where I guess the, the main character goes on a bit of a, a journey. It's not so much that he's at point A and wants to get to point B, I but, mean, he is literally at one point, which is a location of America, and goes to point B, which is Afghanistan. Yeah, so it, it's a film where he goes from point A to point B very quickly, and he wants to get back to point A, but something uh, something stops him, and that leads him down, you know, path C for pretty much the whole film. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, he, he is a a music manager. He's a manager of, of musical talent. And he's bringing one of his current talents, Zoe Deschanel, uh, to Afghanistan to do a um, a performance for... For the US Army. For the, yes, the US Army um, the, the, that are in Afghanistan. 
and she is not enjoying her time there, and she eventually bails on him with his money and passport. Yeah, just because, you know, to rub it in a bit more. So he's stuck yes. in Afghanistan with no way of getting home and no way of surviving. Yeah. And because he's a bit of an asshole, you know, he kind of deserves it, but, you know, oh, yeah, the yeah. whole film's about him, you know, burying himself. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So, and that leads him down a path of okay. Well, I've met these two American guys that are you know selling weapons or, or ammunition. ammunition rather to to the forces here. I mean, they have so much money that they play football with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they lead him to like a club where he meets a woman, and then uh, they send him to a, a a remote remote village where he meets another woman who he he decides because he's heard her sing. She's um, got the voice of an angel. The voice of an angel in a country where women cannot sing. Not not because, you know, they're bad, but because they're mm. not allowed to by tradition's sake. Um, he wants to put her on their equivalent of American Idol. Right, yeah, Afghan Idol. Afghan Idol, yes. Um, yeah, it's a very interesting it, idea. Yeah, it mean, takes... And there's nuances and little things like yeah. Bruce Willis has just entered the picture as we're speaking, and he's a little flourish of dramatic tension because Zoe Deschanel kind of leaves Bruce Willis to get money off of Bill Murray because he's the reason that she got smoked out and she's like the rest of the Murray's with Bill Murray and Bill Murray has no money so Bruce Willis is kind of for a small portion of the movie a threat yeah and then an unlikely ally yep so uh yes Bruce Willis (laughs) is in fact in the movie with many a tattoos like I mean he's in the movie like nowadays Bruce Willis is in a ton of movies, but most of the time it's like a double and he probably appeared for like one day. But in this movie, he's actually in the movie very frequently, even though it's a minor role, but it's actually him, which I I found surprising. What was was he going to do in Afghanistan when they weren't filming, I guess? I don't know. Shoot things? Be Republican? I don't know. Um, You know, yeah, this movie has many interesting twists and turns. And also, what I really appreciate is that, you know, for a comedy movie in which Bill Murray is faffing about in the desert, Mm -hmm. they also do manage to touch on, in both positive and negative ways, the cultural traditions and values of Afghanistan and the faith of Islam, which, you know, I found very refreshing for a movie of this caliber. It could have been so easy for them to make it very stereotypical or ignore it completely or just play it for villainy's sake of that, you know, kind of American macho fear of the East kind of thing. It's very balanced because, yeah, this is is a farcical film. Um, It's very much like Ishtar. (laughs) I've I've very much heard. Um, Do you know Ishtar? It came out in the 1980s. It's very much like the film Ishtar. Okay. Very much. Recommend Ishtar. It's like one of the best movies ever. Yep. Um, I've heard it's also an unappreciated masterpiece. Oh, Ishtar? We should have gotten around to it. Ishtar, Ishtar, Ishtar. It's got, <laughs> it's got, uh, it's got uh, our boy Charles Grodin's in it. I've heard Warren Beatty's in it too. Warren Beatty's the lead with our good boy, Mr. Fokker himself. Oh. Daddy Fokker. Oh, the daddy. Not Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller wasn't alive. <laughs> um, what's his name? Um, Dennis... No. I'm forgetting his name. Mr... Are you trying to seduce me, Mrs. Robinson? Oh, Dustin... Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, yeah. Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, Ishtar? 
Ishtar. You guys got to check Ishtar out, guys. It's 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 almost as good as 1941 by Steven Spielberg, which is really unappreciated. That's like his most unappreciated film. But but Ishtar is pretty good as well. So check out Ishtar. If you're a big fan of Rock the Casbah, check out Ishtar. And if you're a big fan of Ishtar, check out Rock the Casbah. You know, just saying. And if you're not a fan of either, watch one of them and then watch the other. Yeah, exactly. Then you'd be a fan of both. <laughs> so what I was going to say was this is a very farcical film, um, but the 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 i guess antagonistic force of the film the the afghani village people from the village that the, right, that, that yeah, the woman's yeah. from are played very straight oh yes and yes. that's you could consider that a point of comedy in the film because you know it's such a farcical film mm. um which is farcical by the way and uh we've got such a crazy main character put up against them but also it's a bit deeper than that because they're played so straight that it's not really funny. Yeah, it is played so straight that it comes around to not being funny, to being threatening, but also still matches the comedic beats of the movie because the violence and the threat is 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 taken care of off screen and we're focusing on the white male American hero of the movie instead of the impoverished um under the threat Afghanistani people. So, you know, that's why it kind of works really well. We're focusing on Bill Murray throughout the movie and not 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 the girl in the cave who has to worry about whether or not she's breaking tradition or she's going to get murdered by her own father or her own people or the government or all those kind of things for breaking centuries of Middle Eastern tradition. It's focused on Bill Murray. And that's where the farcical nature comes in because, you know, a movie usually like this would be more, con- especially from 2015, unlike Ishtar, which was made in the 80s, like... You know, usually a movie where you have the white male protagonist going to the East or, you know, the Middle East to be specific and being that hero with the Western values that shits on their values. Usually in a more modern day cinematic view, that would be seen as un-PC and a bit backwards. You know, Ishtar yeah. could get away with it because it was the 80s and it's played as pure farce. Well, this and you movie, said Good Morning Vietnam was also kind of like that, right? Which is directed by the same person. Yeah. Oh, well, different in a different way. Like in Good Morning Vietnam, it plays the first half of it as that, and then the second half is the consequences of being that white right, male... Right protagonist savior figure in in a land and that works very well because it's vietnam and the vietnam war is one of those situations which america shouldn't have gotten involved kind of thing they were being gung-ho this movie has a very similar approach except for it, it doesn't have that second part it just plays it all as kind of comedic and a beat and that's why it's so farcical because think of it in a geopolitical socio-political pc universe that we live in now it's so absurd that this movie has Bill Murray just rock up to Afghanistan, being himself, basically, and telling the the people of Afghanistan, fuck you and your traditions, you should appreciate my values. And they do, you know, they, they do say fuck their own traditions at a point, and they all do appreciate him, and he gets to have money at the end. Uh, the character, Bill Murray, got money, I, I imagine, beforehand. But, like, yep. you know, and it's also really funny when you think of it on a contextual point of view, because Bill Murray's playing an agent in this. Bill Murray doesn't have an agent of his own. He is his own manager and agent. That's, like, one of the cool things about Bill Murray is his, in, oh, his right entire on. career. If you are even the most famous of directors, there's only one phone number you can contact Bill Murray on for offering him roles, and he only answers it, like, twice a year. 
Okay. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's some number. Thank you've... God he did it for Rock the Casbah. Yeah, exactly right. Well, when Barry Levinson calls you, you you got to pick up the phone. That guy did Good Morning Vietnam with Robin Williams, and you know Robin Williams and Bill Murray, you know, were comedic rivals and/or partners. I I can't remember if they've actually worked on a movie together, but you know they were from that same generation of American, you know, American Canadian, or that era of comics in general, like you know Dan Aykroyd, Rick Moranis, Robin Williams. All these people came out in the in in the eighties and the and all that kind of stuff. You know, part of the seventies, eighties, you know, that era. And, you know, it was kind of interesting that this is made by the guy who did, uh, you know, Good Morning Vietnam. It's just a very interesting way to have an inverse of something that's already been done. And doing it with the comedic inverse of Robin Williams. Robin Williams is really high energy, really enthusiastic, most of the time, outside of his dramatic roles, really optimistic. You think of Bill Murray, he's more quiet, slow, and dry. Even, you know, yeah, there's stuff like Caddyshack and whatnot where he's really over-the-top manic, but, you know, usually he's very cynical and dry. Like, he usually have those quips that characters in the universe don't realize are insults. Yeah. They take his... That's kind of Bill Murray's talent. Now, let's talk about our boy, Danny McBride. Yes, another person who's basically playing what they play. In this Danny film. McBride is a comedic genius, in my honest opinion. Like... You know, or the thing... IMHO. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, Kenny Loggins joke there. Good job, movie. Always good to get a Kenny Loggins joke in. So, yeah, Danny McBride, we've had him appear on the show before. Yes. But, you know, just to rehash some things, what do you think of Danny McBride and his amazing talent? Yeah, he's got this kind of... Uh, compared to some of the other actors from the era in which he spawned from... I feel like he has a lot more of a, a casual demeanour about him. He feels like an everyday guy. Everyday guy. It feels like conflict can just like kind of bounce off of him. Like, Your Highness, that was most of the film. Yeah. It was a big fantasy film with him as the main character, and you know he, he just bounced off of everything and throughout the jokes made it a funny experience while also being a genuine fantasy film. Exactly. And Land of the yeah. Lost, you know, he wasn't the main character in that but he was an excellent, you know, side, side comic secondary character. Exactly right, Bartek. Tritagonist, I think, even. Yeah. Exactly right, Bartek. Like, in a movie like this, or even Tropic Thunder, he's usually that guy who knows their shit, but a little mm. forgetful on the surroundings, yeah. you know? And, uh, you know, he very much reminded me of his character in Tropic Thunder, the explosive expert. Mm. And, uh, you know, it kind of reminded me of him and that, you know, which is which is a good thing to be reminded of. You know, Tropic Thunder, it's no it's no Ishtar, but it's pretty good. Oh, definitely not, no. I always think with the Danny McBride of, uh, yeah, This Is The End, where he was like the antagonist among the people playing themselves. Yeah, yeah, that's, I still haven't seen This Is The End. It's just one of those movies that escaped me that year, and I just have never gotten back to seeing mm. it. I wonder how it age, I wonder how it will age in like 20 years' time. You know, like since mm. they're all playing themselves, and if one of them dies, it's gonna be yeah. Oh well, no, that's yeah. fine because yeah. you know it's set in a specific year. But I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I wonder how that movie like that will age. But if comedy evolves, guys, yeah. guys, we gotta everyone, we gotta stop. Guests, stop speaking. It's <laughs> just trying to get words in all the time. This guest of ours, yeah, shut up. Um, Kate Hudson's here, and uh, she's in a pool in a nice. Uh, 
uh, uh, glittery dress, is it? That she says it's nice and glittery or whatever. And, mm. um, or shiny. And I noticed how shiny it was. Like, uh, when she was in the pool. Like, can't you see how shiny it is right now, Bards? Like, well, I think that's the light's reflection. Well, it has water. to it has to show off the shininess, though. So, Bartek, Kate Hudson's in this movie. You, you've forgotten that she was in Bride Wars, but now yes. reinvigorated with that knowledge. How did you feel seeing her here in a very different type of it's, role? It's like I'm a child again, like when we saw Bride Wars. Yeah, you were a child back then, and now you're a child. Yeah. <laughs> now you're a child again. Yeah, but I'm starting to grow facial hair. Oh, just starting now? Yeah. Good boy. Uh, still eight years old though. So, <laughs> uh, well, what did you think of seeing her again and seeing her in this type of of role? Like in Bride Wars, she was, you know, a lead and she was an antagonistic lead. Like both of them were in that movie, but she was an antagonistic type of character. She's the one that didn't end up getting married. That right? is or am I misremembering? Yes, that's right. Chris Pratt was like, I can't handle it. Mm. Yeah, she was the one. Yeah, she had the boyfriend who wasn't good for her, right? Yeah, yeah. Tragic. Yeah, it's 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 definitely different not seeing her in a protagonist role this time round. Like very important supporting character who, you know, th- there is a point in this film, um, the middle act where we don't see her too much, um, but it's it's a nice little, I guess, Chekhov's character. You know, you introduce her early on, give her a lot of focus. Some memorable things. Don't see her. Then she comes back and kind of sets sets the main character straight. Also, she's a prostitute with a heart of gold, which yes. is just perfect. Because, you know, I could hear a critic out there or an average movie watcher or person who knows movies go, oh, that's a cliche. That's a trope. Like, that's so tired. The prostitute with a heart of gold. But what you don't understand is... That's a part of the farce, you know? Like, like a part of this farce is the fact that she is such a character type, along with Bill Murray, along with this soldier guy who we never see again after this scene. You know, uh, you know, someone you think is going to be important to the movie, they leave. Mm. And that's a part of the farce. Like, you think Danny McBride's going to be in this movie more? No, he leaves, as does Zoe Deschanel, as, as does this soldier. Like, a lot of these characters you think are going to be, like, central players just leave. Mm. And and some might say that's a, that's a dissatisfying feeling. Like, it has this feeling of um, pacing issues. But, you know, that's a part of the farcical nature. And I know we keep saying farce, but it, it really needs to be emphasized because sometimes people think of a farce, they think of something purely like a film we did, like Oscar mm. or stuff like Charlie Chaplin, all those, like, slapstick, bang, boom, bang stuff. But sometimes a farce can be not just the physical stuff, but, like, of what the actors are doing, but the physical motions of, of the film. Yep. Like, the idea that, you know, we cut to a scene of Bill Murray winning over a prostitute's uh, pussy by giving her a watch and then it cuts to him dressed up as in a Marilyn Monroe wig with lipstick on. That's very funny. Mm. It's just it's just comedy, you know. And I think people took this movie a bit too seriously. Yeah, farce is all about you know exaggeration equals comedy. Exactly. Over the top, you know, nonsensical, non-realistic. Exactly. If exactly. you if you if you're arguing for realism, and I guess you know the I guess the trapping there is it's based on a true story. Yeah. Um, you're gonna come away upset. Yeah. Exactly. I do love that Bill Murray's standards here for giving any of these kids uh, uh, even an inference of money is the one with the hair. 
is the one that he, he yeah, he who combs, combs their the hair. hair. <laughs> so funny. And he's like, you got hair? Here, take it, kid. Like, like they all have hair. <laughs> like, that's the funny part. Is like yeah. He's like, his standard is literally for any of them, just so that he can get away from them. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's funny that's, stuff. That's fast. Exactly right. And like like for instance, we're now meeting Rizza, who who we find out is a huge fan of music and specifically that of disco music, which you know he says is the international language of love and it's like, Oh, isn't that the isn't that French? And it's like they didn't make disco and Bill Murray's like, Good point, you got me there. <laughs> who sings disco? And it's like, Yep, the Americans. Well yep, see, Bill Murray's conceded to that point, you know. Everyone, everyone, lip and corporate. Yeah, like Madonna. There we go. She's, we all know Madonna's a big disco star. That's my favorite part about Madonna <laughs> is, is, you know, Madonna, she's very well known, not for pop, but disco. That's, that's <laughs> what I think of. Her and Abba are always competing against each other in the it's disco true. circuit. It's true. Especially we all know that when Madonna first started, disco was just beginning. And some might say it's still going because she's still performing. You it's know? true. It's true. She's the biggest disco star I know that's still around today. Yeah, Abba has to like do reunions to you know do disco. Exactly right. I Madonna mean, just has to do. The closest we get to anything Abba related is a Mamma Mia movie. That's it. Mm. Because they rarely get together, right, Abba? Yeah, wasn't there a thing of, like, some of them don't like each other or something? I don't know. I've never liked ABBA. You like ABBA way more than I do. My family, you know yeah, I'm songs. from a family that likes ABBA. You know songs, you know lyrics. Yes. You know band members' names. Uh, sort of. I don't know any of the names. I know that they start with, one starts with A, two start with B, and another one starts with A, because it's not It's, it's the point. band name, yeah. ABBA! Like Bjorn, Benny, I, I don't remember the women, though. Alva. <laughs> I think... Not Agnieszka, that's that a was a name. reference to Vampire's Kiss. Alva, Alva. <laughs> um, Bill Bill Murray's now interacting with our boy Bruce Willis. Bartek, how shocked were you to learn that Bruce Willis was in this movie, or did you remember from the review? When I saw him, I'm like, oh yeah, he's randomly in this. Um, but so it's not so random. It's not so he, random. He, he wants to get it's a not memoir. So um. Yeah, I I was, but you know, even though I did, you know, remember when he turned up, it still counts as me being pretty surprised that he was. Even though I saw his name in the opening credits. Yeah, you were still surprised. I was still very surprised. You're like, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on, I'm hold a, on, Ryan. I'm a, hold on. I'm a child reading hold hard. On. Bruce Willis. <laughs> <laughs> if you had this in Polish, you would have read it real easy. Bruce Willis. Is that what his name is? Well, I mean, it's Bruce Willis, but you know. In Polish, though, is that what it is? I guess maybe that's how they pronounce it. I mean, they know his name's Bruce Willis because it's Bruce Willis, but... Is there no Polish word for Bruce? Maybe there's an equivalent, but not that I can think of. What about Willis? I don't know how... I don't know, like really know about you, last when, names when, Well, Willis can be a first name. What you talking oh, about? Oh, that is true. What you yeah. talking about, Willis? That is true, I guess. Come on, man. I don't I don't think they have equivalents. Oh, so in maybe Poland, they're, they're, they're too... like, what you talk about, Willis? <laughs> yes, that's the most popular Polish catchphrase. Well, Poland loves that show. That one with... That's Julia White, right? He's Willis, isn't he? Is that Family Matters? No, is that Gary Coleman? Oh, is it Gary Coleman? I have no idea. I haven't watched either of them. Which one is it? You tell us. 
I think it's Col- oh, Colin. Oh, Julia White was. Did I do that? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's Urkel. Right. He's Urkel. Yeah, Family Matters. Well, 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 one of them has been in Big Fat Liar, and that's the one that matters. It, it was Gary Coleman. No, no. Did I talking about Gary that? Coleman? No, Gary Cole. <laughs> Not Gary Coleman. Gary Cole. Where he's like, what you talking about, Willis? He's full-grown adult Gary yeah. Cole. Let's say get a little child <laughs> Gary Coleman. I mean, it's it's no Ishtar, but yeah. It, man, you got to check out Ishtar. Like, Ishtar is so underrated. It's almost as underrated as this movie. You know, there was this sketch that this uh, comic artist did where it was like, the video store in hell. When you go to hell, this is the video store. And it's just... Every row is just videotapes of Ishtar. But then guess what, Bart? It's like, this is really funny. The comic book artist, years later, uh, like a decade or two later, published a retraction on that comic because he actually had watched Ishtar and he said, hey, it was a good movie. I feel really bad about that. <laughs> I remember that, yeah. So, so, you know, that's a fun thing. Ishtar, Ishtar, Ishtar. Uh, Have you actually seen Ishtar? Man, I love Ishtar. It's like one of the best movies you've ever watched in your entire life. I still have to see it, man. I man, <laughs> man, we should we should have done it on the show. Ishtar, we should have done it. Yeah, but we don't have the chance now. No, we've got because we're more too busy this. with Rock the Casbah. Oh yeah, that too. But we're too busy doing Rock the Casbah. This guys, don't worry. We're gonna get back to talk about Rock the Casbah. This isn't going to be a secret Ishtar review. <laughs> but before we get back into Rock the Casbah. Another really underrated movie that we won't get to cover on the show because we're too busy doing Rock the Casbah, but I'd like to talk about is 1941 by Steven Spielberg. Mm -hmm. That movie has, you know, great comedy in it. And a lot of people just don't like comedic Spielberg. You know, it's, it's, that one's pure farce as well. It's got John Belushi in it. I mean, it's got everyone in it. You know, I'm pretty sure John Goodman's in it. And, you know, it's a great, it's a great movie. And I, I really recommend checking out 1941. I mean, it's almost as good as Ishtar, but, you know. I've heard it's a farce. Oh, man, it's no Ishtar. Just like, just like this film. So, Danny McBride and Scott Kahn here are playing football with money. That was great. You know, they have so much money, it means nothing to them at this point, but they're still doing it. Yeah. The job, you know, mm-hmm. the dangerous job that could cost them their lives. They're still doing it because these guys are thrill seekers, except for they want Bill Murray to do it for them because they're, they're booked, you know. Don't you hate it when you've double booked, Bartek? Yeah. What was the last thing you got double booked for? Can you remember? Double? Have I been double booked recently? I don't know. Oh, man, it's a, it's a tough question. You know. That means like when I've accidentally scheduled two things at the same time, right? Yeah, man. I don't know, man. I think I'm really careful about that stuff. You're like a spider. You're very careful. Spiders don't get double booked right. Man, you're yeah. safe as milk. <laughs> I'm safe as milk. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, you're safe as milk. I mean, I've got a double book recently, like just work stuff, really. Like one of my jobs, the other two was like, hey, can you do this? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And then I was like, oh, actually, I can't. I, was, I already got a shift for my other mm. job. So, I so, feel like the concept of double booking, I feel like I only ever hear about it in the context of one of our friends. Oh yeah, that that we've sometimes had on the podcast. I think you've told me that like he tends to double book. It's tragic. Yeah, but the thing is, Bartek, is this mission that Bill Murray's about to go on of delivering bullets to a small Afghan village? Is it as safe as milk? As 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 milky as white is as white as milky is. But is it as safe as milk? I'd answer that, Ryan, but I'm laughing at the line too much. <laughs> it's a pretty funny line, like. <laughs> What makes it funny is it's like who says that kind of line? 
the Danny ans- McBride, right? The answer is everyone. <laughs> you know, everyone says that line, and we're the fools for not saying it. It's like when we did our own play in University Soviet Western. Um, yeah, speaking of foreigner coming into a different community. <laughs> exactly. We had a line in which our friend William Brooks comes in and he's like, ah, so a little grapevine told me. And it's like, see, it's a play on the two things combined. But, you know, this one has a completely different one. It's like, it's as safe as milk. That's like, no one says that phrase. I don't know what two phrases are being melded mm. there. Uh, smooth as milk, maybe? And uh, Smooth as milk. I don't know. And, and safe, the definition of safe. It reminds me of also a script that I've written where it's like one of the characters is like it's is you know it's like buying some egg you you know you go sometimes you go buy some eggs instead of like to make an omelet you got to buy some eggs <laughs> break some of, eggs, it, yeah. but instead of break some eggs <laughs> yeah. they write buy they say buy some eggs um, yeah it's like one of it my still true, though. former funny. consultants uh, which that character is based on in that script used to say stuff like that like meld them together. Like oh you gotta to buy make some omelets you gotta buy some eggs or he's like you know what they say and then he'll say nothing and then move on <laughs> or he'd always say even if it didn't make any sense little do they know little do they know and you're like about what <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I'm one of they I guess so Bartek the car exploded here but thankfully everyone in the car is fine yeah. Have you ever? It's not GTA. Have so. you ever been in a war-torn country, Bartek? Um, you've travelled around the world. I've been around. You speak the language, but that booty don't need explaining. Jason Derulo. Yeah, Poland. I don't think is war-torn. Not anymore. I was in Japan for like two hours once. I don't think they're war-torn anymore. Um. Been to India? Are they? They're not war torn. No, they're just poor. They just don't like Pakistan. I mean, um, yeah, right. It's because they're Muslims. Mm. Um. No, I'm. I'm not sure that I have been in a war torn country. Now that I think of it. Really? What about? Didn't you? Where did you go to build? South India. Oh, well, South India. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, okay, fair enough, because you went to South India to build... Reno- you yeah, renovate an orphanage, yeah. Renovate an orphanage. I couldn't remember if that was, like, in in Africa or something, so... No, no, I haven't been to Africa at all. Well, dude, drink the water, that's what I hear. When you go to any foreign country, make sure to drink straight out of the tap. Yes. You're going to have a real good diet when you do that? <laughs> so, Bruce Willis is a very well-known star. We all know him for something. Die Hard being the primary one, I would say, wouldn't you? I think that would be the thing you point to, and it's like, what's the typical Bruce Willis? Fifth Element. Um, oh, that's true, yes. Fifth Element's one I grew up with. I love Fifth Element. Oh, sorry, I was thinking Sixth Sense. Sixth Sense for dramatic roles. Sixth Sense or Unbreakable. Like His works with M. Night are usually the ones that are more his dramatic performances. You know, His action-y stuff is like Die Hard and Fifth Element and... You know, and romance is like Moonlighting, you know, the TV show Moonlighting, where it's like a weird ass show. Like there's an episode of Moonlighting in which um, there's this act, there was this actor, Jerry O'Doyle, who's a lead role in the television show Babylon 5. And he looks very much like Bruce Willis. 
And there's an episode of Moonlighting where it's like an alternative universe where it's like Bruce Willis doesn't exist, but it's like the other sperm made it to the egg. And it's played by Jerry O'Doyle. Okay. And the whole episode is Jerry O'Doyle existing as the main character of Moonlighting. It's like, if because he looks so much like Bruce Willis. <laughs> so they kind of play that little gag. I love when that kind of stuff happens, you know. It's like, there are some actors who do kind of share looks, like Elijah Wood and Daniel Radcliffe, iconically. Yeah. Very much get confused for one another. Mm, definitely, and, yeah. and Natalie Portman and Kira Knightley get confused for one another so yes, much. And uh, Matthew Broderick and, and Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor, Taylor Thomas. Thomas. <laughs> we, we're guilty of that one. I mean, so many times I've accidentally said one over the other. Oh, it's little Simba, not big Simba. Dang it! It's Tim Allen's son. <laughs> not not Ferris Bueller. Not Jim Carrey's friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. Not Sarah Jessica Parker's slave. You had to think about that one, didn't you? Yeah. I was I mean, like, what film was that? <laughs> <laughs> that's life. That's life. Well, art mirrors life. Yeah, exactly. Who knew Jonathan Taylor Thomas was a slave? <laughs> <laughs> so, Bartek, we're now entering the part of the movie in which Bill Murray ingratiates himself with the culture fully. He goes to this little village. The Pashtun village, yeah. Very emotional. It's not the name of the village, but you know, they're the Pashtun people. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, we have him ingratiating himself with the culture more and kind of learning the ins and outs of it. What did you think of this in general? Yeah, it it definitely emphasised the, the, the thing I mentioned earlier with the serious characters in the farcical film, which is farcical. Um, and there, there was a sort of threatening tone to it because there is like this whole thing of oh you know you can't you can't block this offer that he's giving you sorry i'm using theater terms you can't reject this offer you can't stage this offer <laughs> space jump um <laughs> yeah if you if you reject yes and <laughs> yes and if if you if you decline his offer that's the word i should use decline his offer um he will hunt you down and kill your family or whatever so bill you got to say yes and to his offer <laughs> Got a yes and his offer, um, yeah, and and they seem cool with him, but they they drop it like a dime. Like as soon as he says something insulting, it's huge rant, and that I guess that I don't know. Well, the insulting thing is, hey, your daughter can sing, which is a big no no. Yeah, it's a big no no. And it's, I, 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 it's like if you were a father, Bartek, and. Mm. You were but very I'm only a kid. no, no, no. But you were a very prominent Christian, and you believed in like you know the rule of no sex before marriage, say. Yeah. And then I walked over to you in front of the whole community of your Christian friends, yeah. and said, "Hey, your daughter's really good at fucking." You would be very upset. <laughs> you know, you gotta equate it to things. No, I'd say she might be, but she hasn't done it yet. No. It's like a comic that I once saw online where... Where it was a video store in hell and it was just copies of Ishtar. <laughs> that's really... That's really funnier than what I was going to say. But then it's what's really funny is years later the guy retracted that because <laughs> he had actually seen the film Ishtar. And he was just like, it's a good movie. Yeah. And, uh, Almost as good as 1941 by Steven Spielberg. The comic was um this guy is like exploring a cave for like treasure or something. 
He finds a treasure that's next to a skeleton. He takes the treasure, and the skeleton says, Haha, I'm going to curse you now. He curses him, but like nothing seems to be different. And he's like, What did you do? And the skeleton says, I have made you the world's number one giver of blowjobs. <laughs> and the guy says, Oh, I, I don't really like that. I, I, I won't use this talent. He's like, Okay. And then he goes to a bar and he's like, hey, did you know that I'm number one at something? Like, yeah, what? And he's like, uh, no, nah, never mind. God, because blowjobs is a drink as well. It could mm. have been working that way, but instead they inverted that. They subverted that. Yes. Reminds me of another one. I love there's this comic artist who does comic versions of tweets. Mm-hmm. My one of my favorites I always go to is like it's like this Indiana Jones figure is hacking through the jungle and he's diving down a cave and he's in like the swamps and he goes through all of his childhood tribulations. He finds the like the the lamp or whatever and he rubs it and and shoots out this ghostly spirit and and it's Jerry Seinfeld and he's like what and it's like no, no, it's like you know he shoots out this Holy Spirit and it's Jerry Seinfeld and it's like what's the deal with it? food and the guy's like no not you again <laughs> just the idea that no matter where they go they keep finding Jerry Seinfeld <laughs> or another one that's a classic of that where a guy is like um, walking down the street and a- another man bites his arm and he's like oh no I've been bitten by a dad oh no I can feel the transformation you see he starts growing like a dad's mustache and he's like at a store now and he's like buying all of this lumber he's like I must build a deck <laughs> yeah, because that's what dads do I've seen one where um a genie comes out of this it's not it wasn't a bottle it was like a statue of a naked guy with a right. like, noticeable bum I um, mean it's like I'm the genie that comes out of the the statue when you rub the bum what are your wishes and he's and the guy standing in front of it's like oh I, I didn't I didn't rub the bum and the genie's like well there's no one else here Classic. So see, the joke is that the joke is the guy clearly rub. rubbed the bum. I like uh, another one of the Twitter artist guy is two people about to have sex and the woman's like, whoa, 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 do you have protection? And he's like, oh yeah, of course. And he grabs out of his wallet. Have you seen this one? Is it the Charizard? Charizard Pokemon card. It's like a shiny one. I've seen that will be protected. (laughs) That's that's amazing. (laughs) That's one of the best. Or another one where son's like, "Hey, Dad, you know how I always have problems tying my shoelaces?" And he's like, "Yes, I do, son. And I already know what you've done." And he goes. And you just see they're on the dog's feet. And he goes, this is the most wrong I've ever got it. <laughs> <laughs> or another classic I love is uh, there's a guy and he's like in a post-apocalyptic situation, like boarded up windows. And he's just like, it's hell on earth out there. Babies everywhere. You see, the opens up the curtain. There's just babies in the sky. Just <laughs> thousands of babies. There was one I saw. It wasn't, it wasn't really a comic. Um, it's a film. It's called Ishtar. Oh man, Ishtar with Charles Grodin as the like FBI CIA guy chasing down uh, Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, it's similar to Rock the Casbah. Well, now we're up to the point in Rock the Casbah in which he's now stumbled across a, a feminine hero, or as we call them now, Captain Marvel. Heroine. Uh, a heroine. Um, we call them Captain Marvel now because Captain Marvel invented female heroes. So yeah, my super ex forget Wonder was Woman. Antagonists, yeah. Captain Marvel. So Brie Larson's entered the movie. No, cheese, cheese. Um, meow. So- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was <laughs> funny thing from before we clicked record. 
I, I could have been funny because I meowed at you. It is true. Um, we find out that this this girl who's actually on Afghan Star, sorry, not Afghan oh, Idol. Right. I think that's the name of the real show that the real woman was on. Oh, we're too much like life. This is fast, Ryan. It's farcical. So, um, I do love that he calls the guy by going taxi. <laughs> very cute. I was gonna say that. Yeah, cute. He's a very cute guy, Bill Murray. I mean, would you want to snog him? I like his uh, his his the the mopey kind of voice that he does. That's just his voice. <laughs> That's just his voice. That that means I like. So him. you haven't seen Ghostbusters? That's one that just keeps escaping me. He's the best in that. Peter Venkman. Mm. He's the best. He's just such an asshole in that movie. It's just so amazing because he has so little like I think I read feelings a, in his heart for anything. I think I read a trivia point that in the animated series of Ghostbusters, I think his character was voiced by the guy that does Garfield. Ah, nice. Lorenzo Music, so that when the Garfield film was made... Ah, that's Bill Murray he, saying, he... fuck you. <laughs> I guess. Meanwhile, Jim Davis, who makes... Or Davies makes... Garfield is just rubbing his hands together with all the money. He's like, money. <laughs> Lorenzo and Bill, they're both working for me. Have you seen that YouTube channel, Lasagna Cats? You've told me about it and you've shown me a bit of it. God, it's amazing. Yeah, it was weird. Oh, the bit I showed you was the very last video where it's like 15 hours long of them getting telephone calls, but at the very end it becomes like this cinematic nightmare where a woman's giving birth to Jim. Not Jim. You know, giving birth to, what's the human's name? Oh, Garfield. John Arbuckle? John Arbuckle in the toilet, and she's speaking Polish. Yeah. And I was like, Vartek, translate this for me. What's she saying? And you're like, oh, it's all about demons and stuff. <laughs> there was something like that, yeah. And she's like riding on the walls. And it was like Polish. a really, yeah, really bloody birth. In the toilet, yeah. It yeah. was a very good, it's a very good YouTube channel. One of my favorites is they have an hour-long video of this old man talking about the artistic value of a single three-panel uh, comic of Garfield from like the 80s and it's like an hour long <laughs> and he's just talking about how it connects to the Iraq war and all this kind of crazy nonsense it's really great and uh, Bill Murray yeah he played he played Garfield the cat he played Pink, Peter Venkman you know he's a, he's a seasoned pro as we've said Um, you know what kind of projects would you like to see Bill Murray pursue in the future especially now he's getting older and he's a demigod. Yeah. Um, has he been with Keanu Reeves in anything? That's a good question. They can make like an autobiographical film, but like you know, mock mock mockumentary. Like the, oh, we've been working together behind the scenes this whole time. That would have been. It's like they're playing themselves, maybe. If Bill Murray was in the Matrix as the guy uh, as the um, not Guy Pierce. Uh, Bad guy, man. Oh. Hugo Weaving role. Right. Then that would have been... Mr. Smith? Mr. Smith. As Agent Smith. Agent Smith. Wouldn't that have been amazing? (laughs) And he's just like, Hey, Neo. Come here. Hey, Neo. Come here. And then he he starts laughing, that Bill Murray laugh. (laughs) Like when he's evil. Like, you know, there's a famous Hugo Weaving evil laugh from the third Matrix where he's just like contorting his face and looking all stupid and it's just like him laughing so. evilly for like a solid minute <laughs> they should have that but with Bill Murray and it's a comedic beat 
I would like to see Bill Murray, like, in terms of, like, future projects, I'd like to see him do more Wes Anderson stuff or, 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 or more, like, silly fun stuff. But in terms of pre-existing materials, I would love to see him enter into the DC cinematic universe. Oh, yes, yes. Like, wouldn't he be interesting as, like... I don't know what kind of character. Wouldn't he be... Mad Hatter, maybe? Oh, that's actually a really good answer. <laughs> that's, I was actually going to say uh, the Penguin. Mm. Like, but, but Mad Hatter, is a, he should be Alfred. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, whatever, Bruce, shut up. Mad Hatter is actually a really... If he was Jervis Tetch, which is the real guy's yeah, name. Yeah, yeah. That's actually a really good idea. I, guess I, I would room, watch him as the like. I guess when you have Joker and Riddler, it's like, oh, well, what about Mad Hatter? Yeah, that's actually a really good response. That's uh, forget any other answer, guys. <laughs> that's the answer. Him as Mad Hatter would be perfect casting choice. And if he was in Star Wars, though, mm. would you want him to be a humanoid or an alien or a robot? Or they know them as droids. droids. Um. I'd lean more towards human or droid, I think. Really? Really? Yeah. G- g- let's use his shape. Um, actually. Yeah, man. He's got yeah. a great voice. But also, you could make him green <laughs> and give him the tentacle head. And he would be like, yeah, Green whatever. tentacle head droid. He should be in the next solo movie that they're eventually going to make. And he should be like uh, Darth Maul's like apprentice, a Sith Lord apprentice. And he should be like a Darth Maul type looking alien with like the horn head. Darth Maul survived again. Does he get killed in Solo? No. No, he just okay. Oh, spoilers for Solo. He just rocks up at the end with robot legs. Okay, he, so he, he still exists. Yeah, he, then, it's after Phantom Menace. Yeah. So, because okay, he exists them. in the animated television series. Oh, the Clone Wars. The Clone Wars. Yeah. Because, you know, when you get chopped in half with a lightsaber, you can just get some robot legs. Some robot and fall down a chasm. You can get robot legs. You're fine. Luke fell down a thing and you got a robot arm. Yeah, exactly. It, it's already, like, the only drama queen when it comes to getting hit with a lightsaber is Obi-Wan Kenobi. Mm. He's such a, and, and I guess Qui-Gon Jinn. He could have just got a robot belly button. What was he complaining about? Would it have been any or an Audi? Oh, definitely an Audi. Hmm. Like the car Audi? <laughs> he just drives <laughs> it around. <laughs> why? Why? Like, that's the thing. Once you set the precedent in Star Wars that being chopped in half through the sternum or stomach and you can survive, why did Obi-Wan Kenobi and Qui-Gon Jinn die? Like, okay, Obi-Wan evaporated himself, but Qui-Gon Jinn got just stabbed in the belly. And he died instantly. By well, the someone other one who, by someone who's going to come back after being stabbed, right? Yeah, in half, or slashed, falling whatever. down a chasm. Hmm. It's amazing how Star Wars is the best franchise in the universe, apparently. But I would also like it if Bill Murray played like the head of the First Order, hmm. like he's like the evil Nazi guy. In a full Nazi uniform, but he plays it like Bill Murray. Where he's like, yeah, just, you know, kill him, I guess. Do you. And then walks off. So Star Wars Hitler. He should be Hitler in the Star Wars universe. Head of the First Order, Hitler. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hitler. That's actually really good. (laughs) They'll probably do that. I was just making a joke that it sounds like Hitler, but actually does kind of sound Star Wars-y name. (laughs) Kylo Ren, let's not forget. Yeah. Ren. Hmm. Solo. It's all Oe names. 
Hitler. Luco. Luco Brasi from <laughs> from Godfather. No, he's sleeping with the fishes. That is Luca Brasi. Yeah, that uh, that's actually the one who does get the sleeping with the fishes. You did a good job, Bartek. You... Yes, my name's in the film, so I know it. Oh, she's back. There she is. In underwear. And who are we talking about? Zoe De- Kate Hudson. I was actually going to triple that down. Like, you're going to be like Zoe Deschanel, and then I was going to say someone that's not even in the feature film. <laughs> uh, no, Amanda Bynes. It, it's Frankie Muniz. <laughs> Uh, and here she is dismissing everyone because, you know, Mercy, that's her name, she's hanging up hot pants. She's given up prostitution, you know? Yeah, you know, good for her, Kate Hudson. She was she was Oscar-nominated at one point. You used the word uh, dismiss there, Ryan. I think you meant block. Oh, she did cock She blocked block them. She did block them. Unless they're warlords, then she's totally up for slinging her pussy out. Because Bartek, you can't say no to a warlord or they'll start, guess what? War. Yeah. Can you imagine? Lording it over you. Oh, God. I mean, I hate when war happens. Yeah. It's bad. And this movie does a really good job of demonstrating that the evil warlords like golf. Are they really that different to the Americans? I think the goddess Ishtar started a war. Might be misremembering. Or the movie Ishtar. <laughs> you really got to narrow it down, Bartek. You can't just be slinging Ishtar and referencing the god. You have to reference the film Ishtar. Right. When Ishtar, Ishtar is a place. It's a place a god in a film? It's all three, buddy. And a Yu-Gi-Oh villain's last name? This is crazy. Oh my god. Maybe Yu-Gi-Oh ripped this off. Ishtar, that is. Possibly, and this. Possibly. Preemptively ripped this off. Um, now, Bartek, yes. I'm looking up Ishtar for you. Um, <laughs> do you want to guess... What rating it got on IMDb? Ishtar, the feature length um, movie star. I'm going to guess it's in the three to five range. Three out of five? Oh, is, is IMDb oh, not out of ten? Sorry, so yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. i got to look up the movie because when I write Ishtar, it gives me many other things. Um, so Bartek, you think it's either three or five range you in know? that range? Yeah, in well, man, you're really, really close. It's a four point three, okay. right in the middle. It's in the range, but not thirty-eight percent. Okay, so fifteen fifty-five million dollar budget. So it's lower than Rock the Casbah, right? Oh yeah, yeah. this is actually higher rated. And how could they? Charles Grodin was in it, you know. Hmm. Now. 1941 by Steven Spielberg. You want to guess how much that got? Um, no, it's a Spielberg. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm going to guess that it's higher than Rock the Casbah, at least. Are you, you think? I'm going to be you, brave. You are pretty brave. Probably now, not much higher. Do you remember but... how much Rock the Casbah got? Oh, it's rating? Yeah. I know it was in, like, the 5.5-ish range. That, that's exactly right. Ooh, oh, ooh. I thought it was 1941, what did you say? I thought it was higher than Rock the Casbah. You're right, 5.8. Oh, a little bit higher. A little bit higher, better. It's got Dan Aykroyd in it and John Candy and Christopher Lee and Slim Pickens. Remember Slim Pickens? I've heard it as a saying. I didn't know He's a, It's a name. He's in Blazing Saddles. He's like the cowboy that's like in charge of the railroad. I've only seen the film once. I can't He's remember. also famous for Doctor Strange Love. He's the cowboy that rides the nuke. Oh, the guy in the the plane. Yeah. Okay. 
he's a real he was a real man slim pickens he played cowboys primarily <laughs> with a name like slim pickens which i imagine is a fictitious name a stage name i mean it's not like you know he's no rip torn <laughs> which is just a family nickname rip and his rip last name torn. is torn yeah um or scatman crothers rip taylor now rip taylor is a real name uh, but Bartek, we're here at the sequence in which, you know, he's going to Afghanistan and he's convinced the TV host. And as we all know, a host of a variety television show also is the top dog of the television show. Like they own everything. Yes. So it's good that he managed to convince him to put her on the show without any kind of struggle from other people who run the show, producers or managements or stuff. And all the contestants are okay with it. Except for the one that's like, you're in the hijab, don't dance. Mm, that you, was very threatening. It was very threatening. Because, you know, it is a cultural divide and difference. You know, she's singing in English. She's singing an American song. You know, and she's a woman. There's all these interesting issues that she's bringing to the table. Mm. I did like how easy it was to convince him, though. It reminded me a lot of the ending to Surf Ninjas. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like democracy, who needs it? Just put me on a stamp, who cares? And then they sing, ba 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 That's what she should have sung in Afghan Star. Yeah, she should have sung that in Afghan Idol or whatever, Afghan Star. She should have been like, ba 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 And then, and then the guys from Surf Ninjas come into the movie and they're the backup singers in the final act of the movie when she has backup singers. It should have been the little Surf Ninjas. Tom Cruise is fuming in the background, like, it's from my movie. Yeah, exactly. Ba 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 it's from his movie. Risky Business, wasn't it? What, Baba Baran? The song? What, Baba Baran? The song Baba 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 Baran? Was that in Risky Business? Wasn't that a thing? Like, he, he's dancing in a... Was it Tom Cruise? In his underpants? Yeah. Isn't that the song that was playing? Baba 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 Baran? I don't think it? it was Baba 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 Baran. No? Shit. Okay. I thought it was Risky Business, the song. I'm thinking of the I'm Saved taking, by the Bell parody. I'm taking care of business. Yeah. I've never seen Risky Business. Me uh, neither. A, but you know who has worked with Tom Cruise? Barry Levinson, who made this movie. He also made he also directed Rain Man. Which has Who's the who's the TC. other C Oh Dustin Hoffman, yes. Who was in? The thing we mentioned earlier, um... You're really going to forget Ishtar? Ishtar. <laughs> you're really going really to fucking forget Ishtar? Dude, it's called Ishtar, dude. Yeah, so this movie has so many connections to Ishtar that it doesn't even realise it. Ishtar. There's a joke from Red Letter Media where they have their Star Wars holiday special episode and the joke is they never talk about it. Mm. Like they never really fully talk about the Star Wars. They start talking about it, but then they get distracted. And one of them mentions Ishtar, and they're like, "Oh, Ishtar!" And then they play the full trailer of Ishtar. And then every time they mention Ishtar, they keep playing the trailer of Ishtar, but it gets shorter and shorter each time they keep talking about it. Okay, it's amazing. So, um, when I think of Ishtar, I also think of that. Uh, <laughs> So, Bartek, were you moved by her singing? Because you're a real big music fan. Yes. You know, when you recommended this to me, you said, Ryan, 
Brad from Cinema Snob liked it. But I also really like the idea of watching a movie in which he makes, Bill Murray makes references to a certain era of music that I'm a real big fan of. Like, yes. we already mentioned you're huge on ABBA. When I told you the name of the film, I actually misspelt Casbah as That's right, you spelled it as the, like the, the song. Like in the song by The Clash. Yes. But you're a big fan of music, like you, from this era especially, like you love, or the music era that he's a part name of. Name him, name him, right? You, you love Prince? Best. You love ABBA. D- yeah, Bester. You know, you love that era. You 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 worship at the feet of it. I'm sure there's Bollywood stars that were singing back then. <laughs> I'm sure, I I don't really know any Bollywood singers, but I know Bollywood wow. films that have wow. Bollywood songs in them. Well, aren't they all singers if they're in Bollywood? I think they're actually all lip syncers in the movies. Are you kidding me? Are you mm. really being deadly serious right now? That's true, Ryan. This is movie magic. What? I'm going to throw my ice cream on the ground and walk away <laughs> if you say that again. I won't say it again. I'll just remind you with a wink. <laughs> <laughs> you physically tense up just to give audio for your wink. Great job. Um, I thought her singing was very good. You know, uh, Cat Stevens, obviously, is a big Bartek fan. Dude, Cat uh, Dennings, Cat Williams, get out of here. Cat Stevens is in. I like how you went with Cat Dennings. <laughs> <laughs> cat what other cats are there? <laughs> well, Cat William, you got it right there. Um, you're right, there are no other people called Cat. Forget that. Cat. S Cat Man Crothers. S Cat Man Crothers. <laughs> no, I thought her singing was very good, and I and I understand, you know, obviously her winning Afghan Idol in the sense of this movie, not talking about the real person. So you're yeah. the... So Afghan star then. Afghan star. Afghan star, sorry, yeah. The in context of this movie, you understand why she wins. It isn't just for her singing, but it's a representation of of what she is for the society and how, you know, in context of this movie, it needs to change. You know, the the, the overt sexism and the zealous nature of the cultural values and how that's actually quite harmful. And she doesn't just win purely on talent, but also the uh, she's an idea. Mm. And her character is treated as such. Like, she's not a fully-fledged character that is a main character. She's a very minor secondary character in this story because she's more of a representation for something of Bill Murray. You know, like, Bill Murray learns from the idea of what she is as a character in her culture. And isn't that really beautiful? Mm-hmm. It, it really is, actually. I really like the sequence in which she's, you know, forced to go back to her village and she's not allowed to sing again. And Bill Murray's like, I've seen Blues Brothers. I'll do the Blues Brothers bit where they go around different parts of cities and towns and they just, they they speak out of the car and they throw flyers everywhere. But this goes over the top more so. Like, like in Blues Brothers, they're like r- literally riding their car through people's picnics and stuff. In this, he's got a helicopter. And he's plummeting pamphlets of her all over, you know, all over, man. And isn't that really good? Yeah, and they were playing an Afghani cover of the song. I can't remember yeah, what man. song it was, though. Uh, I thought it was just, you know, Bill Murray singing. No, like Bollywood, Ryan, they lip sync. Bill Murray sings. We heard him do it in this movie. And that also, true. He Zo- sung and also Zoe Deschanel was singing. Yes, she was singing covers. She should have sung original songs, I reckon. It's creative suicide if you sing covers. <laughs> so take that. Literally every musician ever that's had a hit song that's in fact a cover of a song. 
creative suicide that was on your part. Anyone who's ever done a cover of a Bob Dylan song and made it better, and, you know, all that kind of stuff, fuck you. Creative suicide that Anyone was. Anyone who does comedy videos where they do, like, funny covers, fuck off. Weird Al? Creative suicide, that is. Parodies, I know they're not proper covers, but, you know, you're halfway there. Yeah. Half, it, half bad. You've slit one wrist... Just go do the other oh, now. He's, he's had those like med medley things where like he the sings polkas. A, yeah, where he sings a bunch of like. So we now so... you slip the other wrist now. Yeah. So creative suicide achieved. He's dead now. Creatively, that is not not literally. Maybe I don't know. I haven't checked up. Uh, should I check up on Weird Al? Make sure he's alive. Should actually, we, we might be disparaging the dead. Oh man, how how awkward would it be? It was like that one episode we did when we were recording it, and I made a joke about France, and then after the oh, recording, you guys, <laughs> you guys were like, you know, the Paris bombings just happened today, and I'm like, what bombings? Yeah, that was that was years ago. Wow. That was years ago, and I was like, "What well, bombings?" And you guys are like, "Dude, so insensitive." We didn't want to say it on the air, but wow. And I'm like, "I didn't know. It's okay to bully the French. They're a bunch of pussies." But then back then, it was like, "Dude, dude, they just had a bombing. You can't say that." Either way, they made a film called Bastille Day with Idris Elba, where he was investigating the Paris bombings, and it was an action movie. So, I guess the whole trauma around that isn't as you know, meaningful so who as... Did, so in that Bastille Day film, who do they cast as us when it cut to us? Oddly enough, you, you know, if I had to cast actors to play us... It's you, me, and Luke. You are Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> Fair enough. And then one scene, you're Jack Black, just yes, to mix yep. it up a bit, you know. And then our friend Luke Peverell is played by the guy who plays Will in the TV show In Between Us, because he looks exactly like that. Okay. And me, back then I had my long hair. I was about to so say, yes. you have to factor that in. Yeah. And I'm played by Weird Al. Yeah, I was thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> he plays me. Are they all the same age, those three? Oh, <laughs> you know, you know, you know how the movie magic, you just mentioned it, they just wrote Vaseline on the screen whenever Weird Al's on. But Weird Al looks young. Mm. He's like 50-something. He's got to be, right? He's, he's old, but like he looks... He was a grown-up in the 80s, and that was like 20 years ago. Almost 30. Definitely 30 years ago. Oh, I'm sorry, almost 40, I meant to say. 80s? Dude, dude, we're 26, and we're born in the early 90s. Yes. 30 years ago. I meant 40, yes. 30 to 40 years ago. It's almost 40. We're We're about to hit the 40 years after 1980. You're making the 80s seem very far away. Vice City will always be there. Kate Hudson's dad is Kurt Russell, and he was a star of the 80s. Just wanted to bring that up. It's a trivia fact. Her her mum's Goldie Horn. Those are her parents. I don't think... I can't remember which way it works. I don't think Kurt Russell's like a biological dad. The stepdad? Yeah. Can't remember because Hudson's name of like her father, Bill Hudson, but yeah. raised by Kurt Russell because Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn are together, have been together for a very long time. Well, if they got married after she was born, oh, they're not married. Step- oh, not okay. Well, they're like one of those famous Hollywood couples that just never got married. They're just oh. together. I mean, you know, yeah, basically dead. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if Kurt Russell was your dad, you you and and your dad like your step or father figure, you just call him dad. I mean, I would. If it's from a young age, yeah. Uh, also, it's Kurt Russell. We think with my family was um my mum's father died when he was when she was like ten months old, so she never knew him at all. Right. Um, and my grandmother did remarry. 
Um, but I've never, I'd never really heard her refer to that guy as as her dad. She always just called him by first name, and I, I it was never, it was never explained to me like, oh yeah, he's your grandfather figure. I always just called him by first name, so. I was, yeah, I was Very. a little bit more grown up by the time I realized, wait a second. He's my granddad. He's meant to be my grandfather, I guess. Wow. Well, I mean, my mum and her brother uh, were adopted and her brother would call the parents by their first names, mm. which is interesting approach. Yeah, I see that more of a thing of like, if they're older, I guess, but that's pretty young, I guess. So, yeah, very interesting stuff here. Now, uh, you know, I like this sequence here, Bartek, in which yeah. he's trying to convince the guy, like, you know, let's give her a chance, and the guy's like, I already know. Mm. And I, I especially scene ends. I especially like the line that uh, Bill Murray just said, where it's like, you know, it's inspiration to women everywhere, the world, probably, maybe. Like, I don't know, it. maybe. Uh, yeah, he doesn't know. He can't. He's not going to mansplain women. It was very funny to me. What about um, the idea of Bill Murray having magic ears? And he's always rubbing his ears in this movie. Guys at home, if you've wondered how what movie does Bill Murray rub his big old ears in, it's this movie, Rock the Casbah. You know, you're going to get moist watching rock, him. Rock actually means rub, and Casbah actually means ears. Bartek, how aroused were you watching him rub those ears? Very or very, very? It was conflicting because that was arousing. And when he was, you know, strapped to the bed, that was really arousing. But when he's strapped to the bed, he can't rub the ears. So it's like, do I? Am I more aroused at that? But, or... he, but he's allowing you to rub them. That's the... I guess, but I'd have to put myself in the situation, you know. You're Kate Hudson. It's it's. Well, no, she was having a shower. I don't shower. What's wrong with you? Um, you don't shower. No, I don't. You take baths. Yes. Really? Yes. Um, baths. Yes. Uh, What's wrong with showers? It's just a habit I picked up when, back in 2014, I had my back injury and standing for too long wasn't, you know, good for me. But but nice hot water pressure just shooting at your spine could be good. Maybe, yeah, but I I'm, I just got used to baths and I enjoy them. Um, I guess that would make me the, the soldier man in that scene then. <laughs> you're the soldier man. Yeah, yeah, you, you just come in and you're like, I'm the soldier man, man. I'm going to untie one of your um, restraints. I'm going to do the other, but then you're going to tell me no. That's right. And that's what we call blocking an offer. <laughs> so, yeah, I was right about uh, Kate Hudson. Her mum's Goldie Horn and her dad's Bill Hudson, but she's more raised by Kurt Russell, it seems. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, of Goldie Horn's a champ. Goldie Horn, I love Goldie Horn, and one of my favourite things about movies is when um, you know actresses reach a certain age, they can only play like mum or grandma or wife. You know, like those are the yeah. Like once you pass the romantic interest age, you play. A, and I just love wife, there was that movie yeah. a couple years ago where it was like you know Amy Schumer and her mum is Goldie Horn, and you're like, no. I think they did that with um... Goldie Horn would not have a daughter that looks like fucking Amy Schumer. Like fuck. Oh, yeah, they're both blonde, but, like, why don't they just get Kate Hudson to do it? She's right there! There was that Australian film, A Few Best Men, where they did that to Olivia Newton-John, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Olivia Newton-John is different, because she's not much of an actress. She's more of a singer. Mm. I mean, she does act. Remember Olivia Newton-John? Do you know there's a thing, like, once a year, no joke, Olivia Newton-John has to defend the fact that she's not, in fact, dead? 
Every <laughs> year there's a hoax article that's like, oh, did you know Olivia Newton-John's dead? Because one time she had cancer and no one ever hears from her these days because she's too busy just living her life and not having to be superstar Olivia Newton-John with let's get physical, physical, all that kind of stuff. There's another musician Bartek loves, Olivia Newton-John. Yeah. You love Greece. Yeah. You love Greece. It's no Greece too. Mm, I grew up on Greece, yeah. In Greece, you should have said. I, I also in... watched the film Greece a lot. Yeah, I grew up on Greece. I was just on it, <laughs> on top of it. It was very slippery. But here's my thing. We did Greece 2. Greece 2 was great, but is yeah. it Ishtar? You know, I haven't seen Ishtar, but I'm willing to bet that Ishtar is up there. It is pretty high. Yeah. Pretty high up there. Now, Bartek, we're entering the kind of more, I guess climactic moments of this film you know bill murray is coming to terms with the fact that he may not be able to achieve the dream of getting her to win afghan star Mm -hmm. she's back in home village kate hudson's going back to being a prostitute for a warlord and we're going to find out that that warlord is the one that's going to invade the village and that village was given bad bullets by bill murray and Bill Murray has to decide whether or not to man up and be a hero. You know, he has to decide whether or not he's going to put himself in the firing line. And I thought that was really courageous of the movie to put this character in that kind of situation and the way that they actually went about doing it. You know, like in the end, Bill Murray's like, what am I doing? I'm not a fighter. I'm a negotiator. And he just goes up and starts talking to them like, hey, I like making deals. You like being a lord of war. We have so much in common, which is negotiating. And it's like, yeah, exactly. And then it, I don't want to give it away yet, but they, they have a real great kind of conclusion to that negotiation scene that we'll get into. But I do like the parts in this film where Bill Murray just like, you know, lays out the situation. Like there was that line where he was talking to the, the taxi driver. Yeah. And he was like, look at where we are. What am I doing here? And it's a good thing of like, yeah, you know what? If we weren't following the film up to this point... And it wasn't even that. Look at this. Yeah. Look at this. Look at that. He just goes through all the terrain. Yeah, yeah. It's like if you if you start put on the... If you turned on the TV and started watching the film from there, it would be a legitimate question. I also really appreciate the fact that this movie try, didn't try to go too much with the climax. Like, they could have had... They took her as a hostage and Bill Murray has to... You know, like, no, she just fucks him, gives him the information, and then she's gone. Like, she doesn't get in a life-or-death scenario. Mm. That's kind of neat, you know? I was waiting for that bit of the movie where they rock up to the village, and they've got her there, and it's like, they they know that they know. But instead, it's just like, no, she's competent. They could have made her a damsel in this movie, but she's a strong, independent woman who's just been fucking all of Afghanistan so that she'd become a real estate agent. <laughs> I mean, we've all heard that story before, but it was told so beautifully because she has a heart of gold. You pure know, gold. Pure. I mean, she needs monetary gain, but that's gold. She loves carrots. Carrots are gold, yeah. Um, but let's talk about our man Bruce more. What did you think of the comedic chemistry between Bruce Willis and Bill Murray? It definitely was interesting there was a, there was a very big arc with them you know starting out you know kind of not so hot and then moving on to this kind of exasperation i suppose this i did like the shot coming up where bill murray just like leaves and it's like one long shot then comes back <laughs> I, I found that very funny 
Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. Bruce Willis was just kind of there for me, but there in a good way. You know, yeah. we don't get to see this type of Bruce Willis. We're usually more used to him being the lead, being cocky and reassured, and kind of bravado. I'm a hero all the time. I was, and almost... this is kind of duplicitous and slimy, and he's a minor character, which is. Interesting. I was, yeah, I was looking at these scenes here, and I'm, and in my head, I see Bruce Willis, and in my head, I'm thinking. Bruce Willis is there. But I'm also asking myself, is that Bruce Willis? Yeah. Because it's like, you expect, a, uh, you, you have certain expectations when you see Bruce Willis, I yeah. guess. And you expect him to be suave or cocky and, you know, hmm. all that. Or even, you know. Morally on the side of good. I, I, know, I know our episode on Cop Out is, is, is uh, fragmented, to put it lightly, but we, we did kind of criticise him in that. Well, but we yeah. still, we, it's, it's hard because, you know, when you have the comedic force of Tracy Tracy Morgan, yeah, it's always going to be hard to compete. I mean, because Tracy Morgan, he's funny. You yeah. know? But Bill Murray is funny too, but he's, di- he's a dialed down funny. Well, Tracy Morgan, he wants to get you pregnant. You know, and he's very full on. Yeah, no, it's, it makes me wonder, like, oh, so I wonder how Bruce Willis handled the set of such a farcical film because... We did hear stories from Kevin Smith that, like, he's not very good at improvising and things like that. I think, you know, because... You're asking a lot of questions, I feel. I think also because Bill Murray, although he does improvise and ad-lib, of course, I think he knows, Bill Murray knows, that there are some times where you stick by a script or you just veer off it just a little, not to throw off other actors, because he's from a generation in which, uh, you know... Improvising, yes, but it wasn't the go-to staple of comedy filmmaking. Yeah, like obviously, great scenes and moments are improvised, but the whole script isn't thrown away for just Will Ferrell to stand around with John C. Riley and fart. You know what I mean? Mm. Like this, and Bruce Willis is from that era in which scripts matter, and you know Bruce Willis can do improvising stuff. And with the Kevin Smith stuff, a part of it too was it was. You know, it wasn't just that he had trouble with, say, improvising, but just trouble just getting the vibe of the situation. And, you know, Kevin Smith isn't much of a one for improvisation for films either in terms of stuff like that. Him and Seth Rogen kind of clashed heads on Zack and Miriam make a porno because he's like, stick to the script. And Seth is like, <laughs> I'm Pumba. <laughs> you know, he and knew. He knew. Have you seen that tweet? It's amazing. You told me about it. It's like, I am Pumbaa or something. I am Pumbaa. And it's a picture of a photorealistic, ugly warthog. And it's just, uh, I can't wait. I can't wait for that new Lion King movie. It looks like it's fucking terrible. And everyone's like, it looks great. And I'm just like, it looks terrible. Like, I like the Jungle Book, but at least there was a human in it. And he was the main character. And the Jungle Book's a flawed movie. So... You could adapt it into a better movie, but, like, leave Lion King alone. If you're going to get Jason Jones back, get them all back. Get get at least Jeremy Irons back. They're not even going to have Be Prepared in it. Mm. Not even having Scar's song in it, apparently, which is, like, what's the fucking point? You're doing a live action, with the inverted commas all over, version of it, and you don't want to do Be Prepared, which is one of the more visually interesting songs to do. Eh, fuck it. It could be the next Ishtar, though, right? It could be know. the next Ishtar! Yeah, there was Ishtar. God there dang was Rock it. the Casbah. There could be Lion King. Ah. Uh, <laughs> Lion. Ishtar? Casbah? Oh. 
I was like, is it called a Lion King now? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, they should call it the Lion, Lion King. And that, that's the indication. Hollywood, if you're listening and you change the title to that, we'll know. We'll know. We'll know it's for us. And Nostalgia Critic, if you're listening, we know that you steal our fucking jokes and don't think we're not listening in on you, okay? I'm monitoring how much you steal our fucking jokes and try and get away with it. I know! You know, it's funny. A few years ago, I made a, a, a subtle little joke where I'm like, oh, yes, we're also watching the Dog Walkers. <laughs> now you're just coming right out and saying it. Yeah, that's right. I've said it. <laughs> There's been so many times where we get IP addresses for downloads and they come from Chicago and then seemingly, uh, not seemingly, very methodically, one to two weeks later, specifically two weeks later, a new Nostalgic Critic video will come out on that exact episode that gets all those hits from Chicago, where he is from. And then you watch the review and there's just maybe four to five comments or jokes or statements that are pretty much verbatim of what we said on those. Mm. Yeah. Has that happened recently? I remember. It hasn't happened ago. in a while. It hasn't happened in a while because okay. he hasn't, he's been covering more new movies. Oh, that's right. He has. Because he's no longer right. nostalgic. So can we get in on the change the channel document? Uh, hashtag change the channel. <laughs> that includes you, Brad, from Cinema Snob. You're part of the channel. Awesome too. You fucking complicit dog. But um, either way. So, <laughs> but, you, but you liked, you, you, you know, Doug, War- no, sorry, Brad Jones. He, he, he introduced Rock the Casbah to That's us. true. To, to, to us? So he's complicit. To you specifically. To me specifically. I already knew it, but you pro- brought it onto the show, so now we know it, and the audience, the listening people, feels it and knows it. Yes. He's complicit, but he's also complicit. Exactly. Fast. So, Ishtar. So... Ishtar. 1941. Hey. So, um... Oh, Bruce Willis is scratching his neck. It's not rubbing the ear, but I wonder if that was a genuine need or if that was an acting choice. Because, you know, when you do film acting, you have to do multiple takes again and again. Do you think Bruce, for continuity's sake, scratched his neck constantly? Maybe if it was a mistake, like just a... Because he was worried that, like, a cut might be... Yeah, like, what happens if he has a... It's like, oh, shit, I did that one time. Exactly. It's like, I remember... um... I think when I was like 10 or 11 years old, it was like the first time I ever wrote a signature down for something. Ah, uh, yeah. And I remember I I wrote the B in my name, Bartek, to be a little bit off. Big, ah, right. Like, you know how there's the vertical line on the left and like the curves go from like the top to the bottom yeah, of the yeah. line? I think I did the curve just above the bottom of the line. So I thought like, oh shit, in all my signatures in the future, I need to make sure I remember <laughs> that curve thing. Isn't it weird that we grew up in a generation that don't know how to do signatures? Like my father knows how to do a signature like you see his signature it looks like all fanciful and whatnot mine just looks like my name and running writing yeah same here connected just like i make the squiggle i try to be like can i make it look more squiggly so it looks like you cannot forge it as easily yeah it's like so many people just like scribble for like a second and it's like oh that's your name okay i also like the people who are bold enough their initials are their signature yeah that's bold. I had a That's friend, a fucking bold signature to do. I had a friend whose initials like were so MT, and he just wrote M and T in the same spot. It's so cocky <laughs> to be like, I don't need a big signature. My initials say it all. See, MT. I, see, I do B. Malcolm cusp. Turnbull. I do B cusp, just like. Yeah, I do yeah. Arslansky, and it's just like, yeah, um, you know, just for fun, I wanted one day to do my initials, and then the bank will be like, 
This isn't the same signature, sorry. I, I hope You're I... a criminal. And then they put my thumbs in screws and then they're like, burn him! He's a witch! I hope I never get put in a situation where I have to like have my signatures compared because I don't know how consistent I make it. What situations do you have to have that in? Maybe travel? Oh, maybe. Uh, maybe like court proceedings or something. I don't know. Oh, that's it, Bartek. We're going to sentence you to trial of <laughs> signature verification. Oh, no. I'm guilty of needing that. Guilty! Guilty! Okay, guilty, I can leave now. Prison! No! Ow. <laughs> okay, if you said no. In, in the film <laughs> Office Space, they have a dream sequence in which he's like, you're going to get sent to prison. And I think it's, it's like, you're getting sent to prison, but fucking prison. And he's like, no! Um, <laughs> classic movie. The uh, right up the ass prison. <laughs> so... Bartek, you're going to butt-fucking-prison. No. That's right, you say no. <laughs> and then I say objection, and I say overruled to it's myself. Like, it's like that joke of how to deal with a mugger. When they ask you for your money, say no. Legally, they can't ask you for the money. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's actually correct. <laughs> that's actually really good. Yeah, I know, I really like that when I read it. Another one of those comics that I really like of the Twitter ones. It's my favorite. This is actually my favorite. I, I just remembered. It's a guy breaking up with a girlfriend. He sees like it's a really emotional, heated argument. And she's just like crying. She's like, I can't do this anymore. And he goes, honey, if you're going to have to make me choose between our relationship and showing people where the door is, well... There's the door. <laughs> and he's like crying. <laughs> and she just leaves. It's amazing. Double meaning. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, We're coming up to the negotiation. Or the knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. What did you think of the appropriate use of that song for this sequence here? Did you, did you tear up? Ah, very clever. It's like Guardians of the Galaxy, man. Yes, it is. I, I know music. Ryan. Bartek secretly used to be... Not secretly. Bartek used to be on another podcast back in the day called Media Wars. Yes. And a little background info on that show is, you know, it was like Bartek did the movie section, Malloy, their friend, the host, did the games, and our friend Reese also did the music. And what really happened in the behind scenes was Bartek said, I want to do music. And Reese is like, I want to do music. And then they had to flip a coin and Bartek lost. Yeah. And then when I said, well, hey, we want, I want to do a film po uh, podcast, Bartek said, mm, I'd rather do a music podcast. Yeah. We flipped a coin. God's coins do not favor Bartek. Tails, tails. Why don't you ever go tails, coins? Because Sonic the Hedgehog is not the heads in the coin. <laughs> like, if you had a Sonic coin, maybe. Dude, I'm really looking forward to that Sonic movie that they aren't releasing anymore. <laughs> I really wanted to see that fucked up little mutant. We'll have to talk about it on whatever the next podcast we do is called. Mutant cast, where we talk about mutants and movies. Hi, we named uh, this podcast after one film we wanted to do, and now we just have to stick to it, so you know. So now we're doing all the X-Men movies. <laughs> so when we get around to doing something plain like Forrest Gump, you know, it's going to be weird. It's called Mutant Cast. Well, some... Yeah, I know. I picked something that has autism in it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was like. Polio. <laughs> you also had polio. I don't know. What's a really plain movie? Uh, failure to launch? 
Well, he's got mental issue, I guess, mm. too. Dependency mm. issue. Mm. A movie uh, we've also done on the show. Yeah, I know. That's... Hang on, it's a movie we've done already on the show that doesn't have mutants in it. <laughs> Fucking idiot. Or something that can be... Cons- oh, Bill Murray just got shot in the shoulder, and it was a nice little conclusion to the negotiation scene. Like, like hey, he's trying to smart talk his way out of there, and then he gets shot. Yeah, since it's, it's really farcical, since it's a farcical character talking to the serious non-farcical characters, you're wondering, like, oh... What's going to be the compromise? And the compromise is, is reality. Violent, violent yeah. shot. Yeah, violent, shocking, hard hitting reality. Stark reality, some might say. Mm. Um, so, Bartek, the film is beginning to. <laughs> Sorry, I'm talking to Bartek, and he just suddenly, instantly slams his chair to the floor to lower it, and just looks at me dead in the eyes without <laughs> blinking. I, I thought it was actually at the lowest already. Bartek, it can get lower that chair. Yeah, I noticed. Um, you, you're still not at the same height you were before, but it's very odd. Oh. Um, so we're reaching the thrilling conclusion of the movie, where Bill Murray's kind of learned a lesson. He's He's kind of freed Afghanistan of its oppressive cultural traditions from his point of view. And now girl power. Yes, it's it shows this like white light of enlightenment. It's the best film ever made, right up there with 1941 and Ishtar. Oh, Ishtar? <laughs> dude, dude, don't get me started on Ishtar, because once I open that jar, you can't put the Ishtar <laughs> back in the jar. Ishtar. I, I wanted to say that, but then I thought, I don't want to get too on the nose. And then I... Then you were like... Rub that nose. Nose, here's a cheese grater. I'm putting you on my meal. <laughs> like, that's exactly think, what you were... I think we've actually mentioned Ishtar in this episode already. Dude, have we mentioned Ishtar? Ishtar! Okay, uh, <laughs> enough of the Ishtar jokes. Obviously, that's a reference to the film Ishtar. Yeah. But to get to the point... This movie really is a unifying movie for a lot of different reasons. You know, race, gender, beliefs, Bill Murray. And, you know, and it's really melding all these things together into a beautiful web of of just sincere but also comedically insincere um, themes and messages. You know, I really like the, you know, washed up old guy learns a lesson story you know we've seen it done a million times in many different ways and this is just one of the many different executions of that uh, i like seeing you know a country that in the culture we live in especially the western culture is seen as one of the more scary places on earth get humanized get 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 non-vilified you know like it shows it yes in scary situations because that's a part of reality but it isn't like you know those 1980s movies where when you go to russia and everyone's evil Mm. you know like 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 euro trip where every european country is like crazy or pre-9-11 post-9-11 movies where every middle eastern person in the universe is a terrorist yeah we we had that joke when they're on the plane at the beginning of the film yeah and and then that's kind of like hey stop being you know stop being so narrow-minded we're going to afghanistan so everyone else on the plane looks like the stereotype of like oh they might have a bomb or whatever exactly right yeah so yeah she's winning i feel like we can get into our our reviews and 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 ratings but what you just said sounded like a review pretty much is but um before we get into that there is a post credit or credit sequence i should say of bill murray buying string yes uh, and the animal could you tell me and the listening people the relevance 
and the importance of that scene and why it was so comedically brilliant. Well, you see, the thing about that scene is that Bill Murray is a white American in a country that does not speak the language of white America, which is American. Um, and he's trying to buy something from this man who owns a store, but the man does not understand English. So they have to negotiate with... Well, B- Bill Murray keeps using words, which is part of the farcical nature of it. Um, <laughs> words, right? <laughs> word. Um, Ooh, told me. Yeah, you got faced. Um, this scene is... It's basically like a little skit. It feels like this kind of thing where, you know, the movie's been out for a few years and someone just uploads this to YouTube and it's like, hey, check out this Bill Murray skit where he's, you know, trying to buy string and an elephant. Or he's trying not to buy string. Or or trying to buy a specific string. And there's a big progression of like, I want this string, do I want this one? He negotiates. He yes-ands. He yes-ands a lot to someone who doesn't know the word yes or and. Uh, And also the elephant is important because he promised his daughter he would get her one the beginning of the movie i missed that that's genius so this scene is not just an irrelevant comedy scene but also a poignant conclusion to a setup it's a payoff bartek mm. so bartek i've already started reviewing this and giving my opinions but i'm just gonna give a quick summarizing of my thoughts yeah if i may sure I loved it. I thought it was Ishtar all over again. And I don't think I need to say any more about Ishtar. But, you know, just a little bit on Ishtar. Really underrated, like 1941 by Steven Spielberg. And this is very similar to both Ishtar and 1941. Uh, not the year, but the film by... Uh, and Ishtar, not the god or place, but the film. And I thought Bill Murray did a really good job. I want to see him in more leading roles as he ages into a more refined seasoned pro like the older he gets he's like wine you know he gets finer with age uh if i had to give this film a rating which i do bartek Mm um you know there's a lot of things i could give this you know there was a lot of i could give it the voting system of afghan star i could give it bill murray's wrinkles on his face you know but i'm gonna give it a solid ishtar Bill Murray, Kate Hudson, Zoe Deschanel, Danny McBride, Scott Kahn, Liam Lubani, Arian Moayad, Bruce Willis, (laughs) Taylor Kinney, Kinney, Glenn Flesher, Uh, yeah, Glenn Flesher, or Glenn Flesher. No, it's, it's yeah, sorry, Glenn Fleshler, Bijan Land, Samir Ali Khan, Fahim Fuzli, Jonas this. Khan, and Sarah Baker. Great. If I have to give this film a rating <laughs> Which you do. <laughs> Look, I enjoy I enjoyed the film very much. I think it was fantastic. I think we definitely need more of this film. This film had a song called Bitch in it. Yeah, that's the one Zoe Deschanel sang. Song by Zoe Deschanel. It also had plenty of songs that we do not know. Booty Swing being one. Booty Swing. It's no, it's no bubble butt. <laughs> no bubble butt. Bubble butt. Bubble butt. Bubble butt. Bubble butt. Or, or, pas- oh. 
or Pashtun Warrior. Or any um, of the songs in Ishtar. But yeah, and the, the there were songs in Ishtar. Oh, dude, 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 they go there to sing. Yes, I need to see Ishtar. Um, the thing that I was getting at with pointing out, you know, these common songs and also the songs that, uh, that were used in the film that were not common, such as Pashtun Warrior, was that this is a multicultural product. I've read a lot of comments on YouTube that were criticizing the film more in a political lens. Uh, some of them were bringing Guys, up... Guys, keep politics out of movies, okay? Some of them were bringing up something about Bar- Barack Obama, who was the president at the time. Um, <sighs> Such a Trump American. Eh? I think said something along the lines of, we have to get along with Afghanistan, and then people were saying, like, oh, this is a pro-Afghanistan film because of uh, what Obama said. <sighs> or they were saying, like... It's pe- not pe- making America great. Yeah. I get it. There were pe- and there are people that... I think weren't even bringing that up at all and were just talking about like, oh, it's a film set in Afghanistan. We're due for a bunch of stereotypes and things like we're that. We're due for a bunch of stereotypes? Sorry, we're Islam for a bunch of <laughs> stereotypes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're voodoo for a bunch of stereotypes, yeah. I don't think voodoo's a religion, is it? Yes, it is. It's part of the Catholicism. Oh, I thought it was just a mysticism thing. I think it's a proper religion. Okay. I always just think of it as like the doll thing. No, no. Voodoo is a proper thing, but it's uh, they're part of Catholicism. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh yeah, the Catholics know how to spread their tentacles. Wow, you really Christianed me. Want me to crucify you? <laughs> <laughs> Shit. That's a that's a that's a reference. You'll make me to Scientology. <laughs> you'll make me very cross if you do that. Oh, take that, Jesus. <laughs> he did. If I have to give this film a rating, I think I was making a point, but you know, it was just a forget multi- points. Make ratings. <laughs> Multiculturalism, good. Um, what was the thing? Oh, political stuff. Can it, guys? Can it? Okay, in a can it goes. A glass can <laughs> and throw that away. <laughs> I give this film a a Pashtun bitch. You could have given it a 19 out of 41. <laughs> so well, That's a low score, Ryan. That's not even 50%. Did... <laughs> yeah, 41 out of 19, then. There we go. <laughs> so, Bantek, what did the interweb have to say about this? You already kind of alluded, but maybe the comments you have found are the defiance of mm. rules. They're the Bill Murray of the internet. Funny you should say Bill Murray, because the first comment's first two words are exactly that. <clears throat> that comment reads, Bill Murray... Dot, dot. Oh, time for my bong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree, dude. Time for my bong, too. <laughs> Let's rip up a billy. The next comment is, Yes, I've understood. American forces in Afghanistan. Wow, it's so funny. Yeah, they I understand. Agree. They, they I understand. understand, man. The next comment is, I wasn't sure about this movie. Then I saw Danny McBride. Dot, 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 dot. Sold. I'm I'm sold. Sell me to Danny McBride and I'll be your slave. Sold Slewinski. That's my name now. It should be Ryan Solwinski. (laughs) Well, now I know what to write in my Facebook post. (laughs) (laughs) Going to the movie was the biggest mistake of my life. I want my money back. You're right. It was a big mistake. 
because you're a fucking idiot. Get out of the cinemas. We don't want your drooling kind there, Mr. Ebert. That's clever. Because... <laughs> <laughs> I caught the Roger thing right as soon as I started talking. <laughs> I was going to say it's clever because idiots actually make mistakes. That's right. Yeah. Mr. Ebert. <laughs> I think you might have been dead, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. That's what he wants you to think. <laughs> Sorry, I, I just He's read... sinisterly <laughs> smiling at you. I just read the last comment and I, I got very happy. <clears throat> I could tell he had to cross his leg over his lap. <laughs> hey there. Nice going, Digestion Shade. What? Digestion Shade. Yes. I don't know what that means. Well, hey there. Full stop. Nice going, exclamation mark, Digestion Shade. I don't know what that means. But I'm sure they know what that means. And isn't that what's really important? Maybe if you've seen Ishtar, you'd get it. I have seen Ishtar. And oh. I don't get it. But it's been a while. Maybe I need to rewatch Ishtar. If it helps. Bartek, if we do our new podcast show in which we're going to change up the format in like a few weeks' time, we need to do Ishtar, <laughs> it sounds like. We do. It sounds like it should be the very last suggestion for that show, though. <laughs> like, keep it for a very long suspense. Second it's like, last, yes. like, no, 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 the last. The last. <laughs> the last. And then not do Ishtar, but 941. <laughs> Um, if it helps, Digestion Shade is in all lowercase. Oh, that makes it worse. (laughs) (laughs) And I've gathered a short IMDB review. Hit me in the loincloth. You're not wearing one. You don't know what I'm wearing underneath. That's true, and you're crossing your legs, so I can't look with my X-ray vision. Exactly. I've got lead pants on. Lead pants. Levi's. The The title of this review is... Digestion Shade. (laughs) (laughs) That's so clever, man. The title is Enjoyed Nearly Every Second of It, full stop. Yes! (laughs) It is from the 1st of June, 2016, and it is a 7 out of 10 review. Why not a 10? They forgot... It's it's one too many characters. They can't do maths. I mean, it's a a logical fraction. Did it say where they're from? Um... No, I... Because they could just be doing math over there in America. They don't say maths. No, but they misspelled the fourth word of the review. Well, then they don't know grammar either. Anyhow, this is the this is the, the body of the review. <clears throat> oh, and, and they relate to the... I'll just read the title again, then I'll start the review. Enjoyed nearly every second of it. Yeah. That's my summary. Okay. Great acting. Nice paste. <laughs> A bit unfilled. But, but I enjoyed it very much. Perfect start of the morning. Especially like the long scenes with Murray and Willis, acting-wise. <laughs> Laughed a little, cried a little. Cried! <laughs> <laughs> I cried too, though. I totally get it. It's funny because it's true. Yeah, It's very true. <clears throat> Laughed a little, cried a little, had an overall good time. Yeah. Want to laugh your brains out? This is not the movie. Cry, though. Want to feel? Feel in all caps. Perhaps not. You cried! <laughs> Evidently you feel something. A little, a little. That's still more than most <laughs> things. Um, Want to feel? Perhaps not. A bit of both, although not dying? Question mark. Oh, yeah, I'm questioning it. Try it. Are there ten lines now? 
this is my fir- <laughs> <laughs> this is my first review i think just thought the five er was a bit unfair and then <laughs> then they copy reversed no then uh <laughs> bullet point <laughs> <laughs> you need to take a moment for this bullet point? Not really, but I'm laughing anyway. Bullet point Frode O. What does that mean? Then that's the review. What is that even? Maybe that's their name. Maybe. Maybe that's their name. I'm going to give it that that's their name. It's the first time I've seen a bullet point in an IMDb review. It's for that. Yeah, I've seen one or two bullet points used in oh, maybe IMDb true, reviews. Yeah. I think it was mainly bullet points for the one where it was Flipper, where they were doing it like Casablanca, where it's like, here's like a oh, you, man. kid. I remember sometime after we did that episode, I tried to find that review, but I could it's not a, find it's it. It's a hearty. Yeah. So, Bartek, thank you very much for finding those interweb comments. As people, you've heard, this is our second last episode of Unappreciated Masterpieces. Yes, uh, it is. It won't be the last episode of us in, at all. We'll, we'll be yes. just changing up the format. We're so next week... Yeah, just to be clear, we're finishing Unappreciated Masterpieces. We're not finishing Spit and Polish Presents. Yeah, and Mystery Box, will, all, all that stuff will be going. Next week will be our last episode of this format of audio commentary tracks and speaking specifically about unappreciated masterpieces we've been doing it for quite some time now we have a special guest and special movie in mind but uh we won't give that away that's uh let us just say let us just say it will be a big one i was just gonna say there will be a golden boy coming back in the movie that we're watching that's all i'm saying a golden boy a golden boy um, a champion of the people, a saint of the show, you a patron see. saint of the show. He'll be in that film. So, uh, Bartek, a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you very uh, much. Rock the Casbah, Ishtar. I will. Um, listening people, you can obviously find us on the social medias of Facebook and Twitter. You can even you know, message us at our email, spit and polished at gmail.com to guess what the movie could be. I mean, you know, if you want, or or even give us suggestions of some future movies that you'd like us to cover on our newer show oh, where yes, we'll yes. be uh, covering just movies in general. We'll be having to tie down. If you have recommendations, we'll be, we'll be doing that. Yeah, that's a good thing to emphasize. Since the new show, it's just like this weekly show where we talk about one movie for the whole episode. It's going to also be a weekly show where we talk about one movie for the whole episode. Um, but we're not restricting it to unappreciated masterpieces this time. So if you have any you know, recommendations, whether they're yeah. unappreciated or not, you know, we can consider them. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, thank you very much, everyone. Until next time, uh, remember to be kind to each other or else Ishtar will not get a 10 out of 10 review from me. You'll only get an 11 out of 10 review from me. Ishtar, 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 1941. Yeah, you tell them, Ryan. Cut this out of the episode. You're not really going to give it a low rating. Of course not. Okay, good, good. I give it the highest rating one can humanly give it. All right, just remember to cut this out of the episode. Oh, oh, definitely. definitely. Yes, all right. Ishtar. Ishtar.